97.3. More variety. The city is alive on 97.3. City 97.3. Accra. There can be no other 97.3. No need to change. Keep it tuned to city. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 7.3 Unleashing the power of the breakfast This is City 97.3 The City Breakfast Show Rise above the noise This is the City Breakfast Show the city's biggest conversation. You have done it again, Jesus, yeah. In your special way, what was impossible, you made possible, Jesus, yeah. Sing it one more time, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, yeah. You have done it impossible you made possible 630 97.3 city it's thursday morning 23 11 23 23 11 23 and it's your favorite radio show the relevant radio partner i'll start with something i reflected on a couple of days ago Development, or no, let me change it. Civilization is like cleaning one's house. We must decide what to keep, what to change, and what to throw away. 
me repeat that. Civilization is like cleaning up your house. You must decide what to keep, what to repair or improve, and what to throw. When you are doing a house cleaning, there are some things that you say, oh, I just found this book. I'll keep it. It's a great book. And then you found an old shoe that you like. You send it to the cobbler for repair. And then you find a useless whatever that you have to throw away. It's the same with life. It's the same with culture. There are some things we have to preserve no matter the cost. There are some things we have to improve. And there are some things we have to completely discard. Wisdom is knowing the difference. Wisdom is knowing the difference. Business Sense brought to you by ADB, the People's Bank. ADB, Truly Agri, and more. Call us on 302 210 as we give you a longer tenor of up to six years for your loan offering you a variety of personal loans including top-up loans at highly reduced interest rates adb truly a greek and more join the conversation on the city breakfast show on facebook at facebook.com forward slash city 97.3 twitter at twitter.com forward slash city 973 and instagram at instagram.com forward slash city 973 with the hashtag city cbs survive master the art of self-talk talk to yourself when things are down talk to yourself when things are high when things are high tell yourself you are still just a man when things are low encourage yourself that today will be better than yesterday that's how to stumble through this crazy episode called life 
Municipal Reviews brought to us by Total Energies. We're bringing the Afcon Trophy to Ghana for you to catch a feel of it. Tuesday, 28th November at the Liberty Avenue Total Station, Ring Road or 37 Military Hospital Road. You can also meet and interact with El Tonado, Steven Appiah. Let's play football together with Total Energies. And also get up to 450,000 cities from Fidelity Bank and get rewarded. Switch your existing salaried loan to Fidelity or get a new personal loan and enjoy the lowest fixed interest rate, a two-month repayment holiday, 50% discount on processing fee and more. Call us on 0800-003355. Good morning to Godfrey Akutoboafo. Good morning, and Bernard. Nathan Obodaikwao, fourth Hello. consecutive day <laughs> in a white shirt. I told you I've got white shirts for days. You know, you, are doing, you know, yesterday I went to my former school and apparently all Form 1 boys don't have their uniforms. And when I asked, I'm told Ooh, that... We are in November. All Form 1 boys and girls in all the schools don't have uniforms. Yes. So they were wearing white. Mm. But where are the uniforms? But yours was whiter than the house. <laughs> But where are the uniforms? Apparently, there's some procurement challenge. I don't know. But they don't have uniforms. So, hey. when you go to the school, all those who are wearing white are yeah, uniform. Yeah, the oh, yes. Yeah, so and I, I think in your school, it's the same. No, I've been seeing even the cracker boys. Yes. You find them white and khaki. Yeah, they wearing their white and khaki. No, in, I don't know. No, why. I, I don't know why they didn't. Is, is the uniform supposed to be free? No, it's part of your... Part, so, so, I think when you pay your fees and everything, so then you go... But we are not paying fees. It's free as it is. That's what I mean. So, it's, I think it's, 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 supposed it's, it's absorbed by the state. You go take your measurements and then you get your, your to be fair when uniform. i went the school gave me my uniform yes so i got my uniform two weeks after entering yes. but i don't know whether it was it was centrally procured though and those days were not it was arabna was then producing um yeah. the, most of the uniforms in Do you know how many at the, time. the school i went to yesterday a million a thousand bro yesterday i went to a class form one s 22 S what? S twenty two. S what? Twenty two. S one is size one. S two is size two. Size three. I couldn't finish up to twenty four, so I got to twenty two and I got tired. Kidding. <laughs> oh, why would I kind of lie to you on a Thursday morning? No, he's not saying you are lying, but the we went to S one twenty two. By the time I got to twenty four, night upon until we went home. When I when I was so in went school. to S one one, S one two, S one three. Imagine if you're the physics teacher for form one, or you are called ICT teacher. How do you mark twenty four classes? Ah, and this is science, though. We haven't added business and general art. We haven't added agric and visual. Ah. Hey. So when we got to 22, they said, it's okay. We are going home. Hey. And went to 23, then 24. And next year, I'm told that the, the BC people, know, they are coming like Kakai. Kakai. <laughs> they say the BC people who are coming, you know, it's like the, you know? Army, the army of Babylon. They are like... <laughs> they say the top precept, precept, oh my God. They have loaded. The Oh, they are coming. We are looking for you. In all shapes and sizes. We are looking for you. <laughs> hey! Because... So, the form one boys haven't had their uniform, but the form two boys, the, the, their juniors are, are coming. coming. Today, today, yeah. have so you play high, 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 high. We are coming. You like Kakai? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because when I was leaving school, yeah. um, it was S4. Yes. Uh, now it's S24. S24. It's just to a factor too. <laughs> hey, I lost it. And also, Isaac Adongo woke up as the world's most famous MP. Let's get, let's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Let's get the headlines first. He's the biggest headline in the world. That he spoke about Maguire. Yeah, he's and Maguire responded though. Two days ago. I'm just no, saying. no, 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 You see, why well, Maguire responded to? Him. He responded to when the video started trending. Yeah, Maguire responded, responded yesterday. Yesterday, he said, "Oh, apology accepted," and that he's and inviting that see you to soon to come to Ocha. Yeah, I don't go, please. Let's let's talk. <laughs> and it's not just that too. The the, the link to it. Um, for instance, if you listen to the BBC news, yeah. they discussed Ghana's economy. Of course, using that. Yeah, 
and we too are hungry here. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, the front page of the paper has uh, Dr. Matthew Poku Prempe, mm. energy minister. It's mm. on the front page a lot, as always. Mm. <laughs> it says we won't stop oil exploration. Yeah, we, we won't stop. We should not. We won't stop. We should not. It's telling they won't stop. Mm-hmm. Ghana records trade surplus mm. from 2.3 billion Ghana cities mm. uh, deficit to 2.4 billion mm. Ghana cities. Safety of pre-tertiary students, sexual harassment policy in full force. Amen. Mm. Amen. All right. And then on uh, 11 billion Ghana cities allocated to settle contractors' areas. We read this headline all the time. Money never goes. Let's mm-hmm. go to the Ghanaian The Ghanaian Times. Akosombo Dam spillage relief efforts. Government spends 40 million cities on victims. Additional funds to be released after needs assessment that's according to the chief of staff now yesterday 344 police cadet officers graduated the vice president was there and he said use lay down rules to address grievances the traffic it caused i tell you the even whole, the back routes the whole of accra was took the back routes mm-hmm. and then uh, of course there's the story from in Quanta and then the gra um, taking charge of some uh, illicit tobacco products from peter the daily guide um the accident in Ho, but the big story they have dropped nana ndc caucus tells mahama i'll give you details later and government reintroduces this on arrival all right on the chronicles front page they still have something on the flood or the dam spillage chief of staff says no flood victim will be left behind um, other stories, Busumifre, who community mining to create 4,000 jobs. And then if you go to Tuntukrum, they are saying Tuntukrum youth pray for jobs. And uh, Nairi charges Baumia to bring peace to Boku. And Amabua calls for review of PRMA Act. From page of the ABC News, concerted effort needed for economic success. That is Kojopon Kroma. The Daily Post says you can rubbish Mohammed's 24-hour economy, but voters will buy it. That's according to Dr. Asa Asante to Baumia. And they have other stories on the same 24-hour economy. Plus, um, okay, they have three different angles of the 24-hour economy. Finally, for me, the front page of the BNFT, SMEs remain critical. Top business brass as they advocate deliberate support. And Treasury's appetite could limit 2024 yield correction. All right, the business finder uh, says telcos paid 6.07 billion CDs to government in 2022. Engineer Dr. Shibe calls for duty and tax waivers and trust hospital poised to sustain quality health care. All right, a few online stories to just give you more context. Defense and security ministers to appear before parliament today over Kintampo clash. Mama says he will select his running mate next year, or he will announce rather his running mate next year. And then uh, corruption is holding Ghana back. UK High Commissioner says this. Cocoa Board is saying our CEO did not lie over Cocoa forward sales. Mm. And Manchester United, Harry Maguire, accept Abdungu's <laughs> apology. That's on citynewsroom.com uh. as well. Maybe I'll read that for you uh, <laughs> later on during the review. My journal line is talking about OSP ordering Tor to suspend proposed partnership deal with uh, Tema, Tema Energy, Energy Limited. Limited. Ghana announces visa on arrival from December in 1 to January 14. Alan knows he can't win. He can possibly be a kingmaker. This is Dr. Asa Sante. And then 24 Economy by Omias Choba. Now, this is unfortunate, according to John Gina. Posta FM stories, pro-poor policies must be district-targeted. SDG coordinator is saying this. Stop throwing shade at Mohammed's 24 Hour Economy. Uh, this is sad to Baumia. And over 50% of persons in 23 districts are multidimensionally poor. These are angles from yesterday's story. 
Let's get into the details of the stories, Nate, and mm. where do you start from? Yes, let's talk about the Akosombo Dam spillage. Mm. And the uh, government spends 40 million on victims. Now, the story is written by Cliff Ekufu mm. and Precious Nyakumbuachi. Right. And it's uh, on page 12 of the Ghanaian Times. As the government has so far made available 40 million CDs towards relief efforts at communities affected by the floods caused mm. by the spillage of the Akosombo Dam. That's according to the chief of staff, uh, Mrs. Akosia Frima. Uh, sell Paris. Mm -hmm. According to her, the VRA and NADMO were leading the provision of the relief efforts. And she added that the government was committed to releasing additional funds upon completion of needs assessment of the affected communities by the various sectors. So mm -hmm. she said this at... Um, uh, meet the press, yes, yes uh, to update the media on progress of work done by the Interministerial Committee. Yeah, she also said that government is seeking World Bank support for additional funding to um, facilitate the second phase of restoring properties of victims affected by the dam spillage. Education minister also gave some numbers around those affected. Quite a lot of uh, students have been displaced. Yes. And he gave some numbers yes. and spoke about what was being done to deal yes. with this matter. Uh, 42,522 learners and 1,551 teachers in 127 schools. A lot, lot of people, 42,000 mm. students. Now, coming to the graphic. Yes, front page of the Daily Graphic, the energy minister says we won't stop oil exploitation. The country has only started the exploitation of its petroleum resources and cannot sacrifice its midstream on the altar of energy transition. The minister of energy, Dr. Mathe Pukupuempe, has stated. He said, although developed nations were pushing for energy transition, a turnover from the use of fossil oils that are identified to be polluting the environment to other sources, such as solar, lithium and nuclear together known as cleaner fuels countries such as ghana had only started exploitation of their resources and would continue with such plans to spare industrialization and development and there's an interesting uh quote attributed uh to him here mm -hmm. says that um this is in relation to energy transition yes basically so he says so uh quote so we uh, struggling economists decided among us that we are not going to stand mm -hmm. for that edict to stop the exploitation of our natural resources. So we are going to continue to drill and drill and drill. Although there is a plan to move to more gas, indeed. It's, so there's the, the heavy crude type things and there's also the gas, which the gas master plan seems to address. Mm -hmm. But he's right. A lot of the developing countries are saying you can't use dirty fuel to industrialize and then kick the the the, 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 the ladder from under and say we should not so it's a big discussion next week there's a, a big um summit in uh, the emirates i think it's cop 27 or something 28 28 they're having that discussion it's going to be a, a big big discussion there you still, okay. um since we're talking oil the osp and Tema yes so, so the um a special prosecutor is ordering tor to suspend its proposed partnership with the Tema energy limited my journal line the Tema management of tour has been directed by the osp to suspend its proposed partnership agreement with uh, term energy and processing limited the osp in a letter dated november 21 and addressed the md of tour daniel osea pia said he has uh, commenced an analysis of the risk of corruption in respect of the proposed partnership and thus directed tour to finish with all the necessary documentation regarding the proposed agreement on or before the close of tuesday december 5. so that is pending the investigation uh, based on some concerns around corruption now the story says it is unclear what has necessitated this decision by the osp but in recent times the staff of tor have been up in arms against five of their colleagues and two board members for allegedly registering an entity by the name tor workers charity fund to confidentially take up shares in the tor torrent deal without the consent of the over 500 workers 
So that's the background to the story. If we go to page 13 of the Ghanaian Times, yesterday, 344 police cadet officers graduated. Yeah. And the vice president was there yeah. and he admonished police personnel to use internal structures mm. in addressing their grievances. Mm. He said personnel should respect their own rules and regulations, particularly by staying within the command structure and handling their grievances. He said, quote, you cannot find a solution if you discuss your work related grievances in a chop bar or at a friend's party mm. when even the door to the office of the chairman of the police council is always open you know he's the chairman of the police council yes, so is. it is as well i thought a side story there is traffic and managing traffic <coughs> because this was the main uh, road that leads from tesano to circle mm -hmm. and yes there were lots of cars but for traffic to get to shiashi kanishi and all parts of town I think our traffic management leaves a lot to be desired, particularly because it was a police event. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking that the MTTD will take over traffic management to help deal with the traffic. Now, let's do some politics. Mama says he's going to announce his running mate next year. But the daily guy has a different angle. Yes, they're saying that, that drop Nana for her. on page three. Because the assumption in our story is that it will be her. Mm. If you listen to the voice clip that was played in the news, he basically said his running mate is humble and resourceful, serving his government as a minister. And that because the party has rules in selecting a running mate, the announcement will be made next year. But all eyes are pointing to Professor Jinnan Okokwajiman, whose birthday was, I think, yesterday. 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 Oh, yeah. But the Daily Guide says that the Northern Caucus of the Opposition National Democratic Congress has rejected any attempt to, to select Professor Jinnan Okokwajiman as the 2024 running mate for John Dramani Mahama. The decision was made during a recent meeting held by the caucus with the former president, urging him to reconsider his choice of running mate and his team of advisors. Hmm. The meeting, which took place ahead of Mahama's recent trip to Canada, the United States for fundraising activities, brought to light numerous concerns regarding the selection of Jaina Nopokwajiman, who partnered him for the 2020 election without delivering the central region her home base. Hmm. We'll see how that works. Well, stay with, with politics. Uh, John Mahama's proposed 24-hour economy policy has had uh, has made the rounds. Several mm. people are talking. So, Dr. Richard Amwakun Ba, who is a former head of the political science department of KNUST, says uh, the proposed policy or initiative is feasible. And was speaking on Insura FM, and he said former uh, President Mahama's plan was possible. Now, um, he said, quote, this suggestion is feasible. It's not even about money because those you're doing it for will be the same people who will pay the cost through taxes. There was a road crash near mm -hmm. Ho, which had some horrendous details. Yes. I heard it on the news in the afternoon. Yes. I'm not sure if you have it in a page. I have it in page 6 of the okay. Daily Guide. Yeah, what are the details? Um, in and we are told there were even kids involved. And this was yes. a vehicle coming from... Yes, so uh, the Volta Regional Capital Ho is reeling from a tragic accident that claimed the lives of nine individuals, including infants. Mm. Accidents occurred at the foot of Galenqui Mountain when a 207 bus transporting passengers and goods from Abutuasi to Sokakope allegedly experienced brake failure and collided with a Zoom Lion refuse truck. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Now, this uh, Harry Maguire story is on the BBC. <laughs> it's also on City. Let me read the BBC angle because we had, um, of course, we had um, Adongo talk about that in Parliament. They didn't make such news, but only for Harry Maguire to respond. <laughs> yeah, but the angle they've used is Ghana MP Isaac Adongo, sorry for mocking Manchester United Star. So that's the, the old, older story. Mm -hmm. Now, the new one we have is that Manchester United and England defender Harry Maguire has accepted an apology <laughs> from Ghanaian legislator Isaac Adongo after the latter walked back his earlier comprising of the defender to Ghana's vice president, Dr. Baumia. In December last year, Adongo criticized the vice president, likening him to the Manchester United defender 
who at the time was facing heavy criticism from fans for his subpar performances, including some own goals. However, on the floor of parliament on Friday, joined the debate over the budget, Mr. Dongo sarcastically apologized to the England defender, claiming that although his form has improved, Baumia, on the other hand, has, was still incompetently managing the economy in a way that has <laughs> seen the country run to the IMF. Then there's a tweet of Harry Maguire 93 with a blue tick. MP Isaac Adongo, apology accepted. See you at Old Trafford soon. <laughs> and the, the tweet has 412.4k views as of the time, as of 4:32 p.m. yesterday. Mad. That was a few 15. minutes. That was a few minutes after yeah. he had tweeted. So it's probably in the millions. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's always yeah. good to have some fun with these so, things, but yeah. there are very serious economic problems facing us, mm-hmm. yeah. which yeah. we need to address. Yeah. And yeah. one of those include money's owed contractors, and according uh-huh. to the government on page 13 of the Daily Graphic, mm. uh, it has allocated 11 billion Ghana cities in the 2024 budget statement to settle areas old contractors to enable them return to sites to complete ongoing projects across the country. So this is road contractors or other contractors? It looks like other contractors. No, just uh, be clear. Yeah, speaking at a breakfast meeting at the instance of uh, Deloitte Ghana in Accra, the Deputy Minister of Finance, Abnose Asari, said the government had also decided not to secure any commercial loans next year to fund new projects in the country. So this looks like general projects, not just real projects. Now, Guta is asking government to reconsider decision on importation of tripe and other products. Okay. Now, this story came up a couple of days ago and is back. The presence of the Guta, which is the Ghana Union Traders Association, Dr. Obing Sion, is asking the government to reconsider the swift decision to restrict the importation of tripe, locally known as Yemwadea and other products. His call for this government recent announcement regarding the decision to restrict the importation of these products. We actually have the full list now. Now, in City News, Dr. Sion suggested that the government should outline a clear long-term goal to ensure that the country is able to produce these targeted commodities in abundance. So we'll see how that goes. Well, page two of the business finder um, uh, has the telco speaking there. The Ghana Chamber of Telecommunication has reported a significant increase in the cumulative sum of taxes, fees, levies and other payments remitted by the telecom sector to the government of Ghana. Mm -hmm. According to the CEO of the chamber, Dr. Kenneth Ashibi or engineer Dr. Kenneth Ashibi, the country or the industry rather paid a total of 6.7 6.07 billion CDs in 2022, marking an impressive surge of over 50% from the 4.02 billion paid the previous year. And he disclosed this information during the launch of the 2022 Mobile Industry Transparency Initiative report wonderful and i take you to page three of the bnft where a breakfast meeting that hosted numerous chief executives and business leaders has successfully ended with participants advocating support for small and medium-sized enterprises in a bid to fully unlock the sector's untapped potential and spare ongoing economic recovery process more importantly they called for intentional investments into productive sectors of the economy amid the persisting economic challenges in addition to policies that prioritize domestic production all right uh, the editorial of the business finder says volta fair is a novelty worth sustaining government was talking about growing the economy well this is one way we are pushing that to mm. get more investment into local communities. And let me wrap up quickly with this story on page 13. The Ghana Education Service has rolled out a sexual harassment policy. All right. uh, this is born out of uh, that study by Girls SNS Movement, which revealed that 52% of female students in senior high schools had been abused sexually. It's and terrible. so, um, very good action from the Ghana Education Service. I hope it is enforced strictly. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the, re- the main thing. It's not just the, the yeah. rule. Do, do you want to do international? 
No, no, I think we have enough for the morning. Thank you. We have uh, run out of time. That was the news about review with Nathan and Godfrey. Coming up next is the City Business News. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Couple of minutes to seven. It's uh, Thursday morning, guys. Let's get things going. City Business News brought to you by Goyle, your CIMG Hall of Famer. We've opened automoting LPG auto stations. The auto gas service is safe, clean, and affordable. An alternative to petrol and diesel. Come to Burma Camp Goyle Service Station. Go to Peshi Goyle Service Station. Connect with Pedu Goyle Service Station at Cape Coast in Pintin in Takrade. And Kenton Cronin Kumasi. We're delivering the safest and affordable gas at your convenience. And it's the back to school season with Yanko School promo from Access Bank. Send or receive 500 cities or more in your ongoing Yanko promo. And you could, and indeed, you can do this through ZPay, Access Africa, Western Union, MoneyGram, UnityLink, ExpressPay, or World Remit. And you could win some fantastic prizes like power banks, thermal flasks, spend drives, and more. Receive your school fees and allowance directly into your Access Bank account, mobile money wallet, over the counter, or pay your school fees with ease at any of our branches. This is social media for more details. We have 53 branches. Access Bank, more than banking. And there's no need for stress of running out of credit when you're making a call. But with MTN, all you need to do is to dial star 506 hash. Get to borrow credit on MTN extra time. You can also borrow data by dialing the same number, star 506 hash. You can bundle data whenever you run out of credit to continue browsing as always. The news is also brought to you by Old Mutual. 10 years of greatness in Ghana. Here for a lifetime. Ashika Caesar joining us with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of the City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Coil, Access Bank and Old Mutual. I am Nashika Caesar. Coming up, market watchers advise Bank of Ghana against further tightening of the monetary policy rate. Also coming up, government justifies its stability and growth strategy for the survival of businesses. Let's settle for the details now. The Bank of Ghana has been advised against any further tightening of the monetary policy stance. Market watchers have cautioned that it will be counterproductive for the central bank to hike the current 30% monetary policy rate. The Monetary Policy Committee at its last meeting in September held a rate steady following signs of disinflation and fiscal policy adjustments. Economist Professor John Gachi sells City Business News that rates should be decreased to tame interest rate for business operations. I think the expectation is that having seen uh, inflation drop by 16 plus percentage points, uh, it is only uh, fair to see monetary policy rates go down. That is the general expectation. Unless the engagement with the IMF uh, means that they want to, you know, in the face of the, the reduction, they still want to keep the policy rate because uh, what has happened does not call for increase in the policy rate. What it calls for is reduction in the policy rate. Professor John Gachi is an economist. Well, his views have been backed by the Ghana Association of Banks, John Iwa, who is the chief executive officer of the association. 
we believe that the central bank um, has done comprehensive analysis, taking into account all the developments in the in the country at the moment, inflation trending downwards. So um, our view, um, particularly on the monetary policy uh, rates, is, is either going to be maintained or maybe um, marginally, you know, reduced downwards. Uh, because um, if inflation is trending downwards, then um, the um, the, the, the strategy of using the, the interest rates to arrest it um, perhaps will be tapered a bit and we should see it reflect in where the policy rate is going to be. Either it's going to be um, um, left where it is at 30 or you know, um, marginally reduced. That was the chief executive officer of the Association of Banks, Johnny was speaking there. Now, the government has justified its stability and growth strategy for the survival of businesses. It says the 2024 budget will not depart from ensuring macroeconomic stability and relative steadiness in critical aspects of the business operations to bolster productive sectors of the economy. Especially, the government is optimistic its medium to long term fiscal policy objectives will propel the the expansion of industry amidst its fiscal consolidation measures. Here is a Deputy Minister of Finance, Abinal Sayasari, speaking at an economic dialogue and budget discussion organized by accounting and auditing firm Deloitte. In the industry sector, but one thing that I also believe will help in that sector is to create a living environment, and that is the macroeconomic stability that we are looking for. And um, because um, the exchange rate depreciation affects them, inflation rate affects them, so that is why the focus of um, government for 2024 is to change the recovery that we have made, stabilize the economy, so that industry um, can also. For the Greek, it is it was very, very easy for them to return back to um, the way they were doing things. And for the services sector, it was during COVID that most of the services sector even saw a huge um, boost in their profits. But it was really good for in the industry because some had to shut down. Um, as they shut down, they were able to come back. So we're looking at all these things. Beyond 2022, how have we recovered or how have we responded to the recovery of COVID-19. Some countries have gone ahead, but I think we are also progressing and we need the support of everybody to make sure we are able to progress, recover, and then put our industry on a ground footing um, that will promote the jobs and raise the revenue we are looking for. He had the Deputy Finance Minister Abna Osea Sari. Now, the recently approved 2023-2024 COCO syndicated loan amounting to $800 million marks a significant development for Ghana's COCO credit facility. Bank partners have agreed on an unprecedented 8% interest rate, contrasting with the previous 2%. This historic high in interest rate combined with the annual loan's purpose to fund COCO bean purchases poses a economic implications. For detailed insights, there's more in the following reports. The Ghana Cocoa Board anticipates finalizing its annual syndicated loan agreement by the end of November following Parliament's approval on November 17, 2023. The $800 million loan established between the Ghana Cocoa Board and a consortium of banks and financial institutions aims to finance the acquisition of cocoa beans for the 2023-2024 crop season. This financial agreement will fund approximately 47% of the projected 850,000 tons of cocoa beans from farmers through 
through licensed buying companies. Notably, the annual loan faces a record high interest rate attributed to this year's domestic debt restructuring. Some stakeholders view this as the most expensive syndicated facility since the initiation of the annual loans in 1992 and 1993. To delve deeper into the economic implications, economist Karish Bhuti provides additional insights. Compared to 1.75 last year, you could attribute that a lot to the country risk premium following the debt exchange, Ghana's current um, economic position, and of course, credit attractiveness, and Cocoa board itself, financial issues uh, related to uh, the, their domestic debt, and they have here having to restructure and all of that would have been playing a big role in the sentiment around the, the facility this time. So 8% is quite expensive, and they would have been paying much higher premium on, on, on SOFR at this time, Ryan, which I believe is triggered by the country situation, country risk, and of course, local boards issue a specific risk as we have come to know. What does it mean for us, for the economy? It will mean a higher cost for Cocoa Board um, this time round. Uh, which means um, relatively higher portion of proceeds from cocoa purchases would have to go into financing the facility this time around. Uh, maybe the thing will be that under program, we are not expected, Cocoa Board is not expected to continue with their quasi-fiscal um, activities that we've known them for, like Cocoa Road construction and things like that. So that means that they should reasonably be able to finance this, the debt, but then it will come at um, uh, slightly higher cost to them than would have been. Uh, but for all of the happenings we know in 2022 and 2023. You heard Natalie Nete Ajaho's report. Now Guineans allocate approximately 25% of their total income for savings. However, this does not reflect in their daily livelihood as 64% of the population is reported to be financially distressed. This is according to the 2023 Old Mutual Financial Services Monitor Report. The report further indicates that 37% of Ghanaians are actively saving towards their retirement. Here is the head of knowledge and insights at Old Mutual, Viyukasi Mudabi, highlighting the reports in Accra. A quarter of household expenses when it comes to Ghanaian consumers are being used and being kept aside for a savings perspective. The challenge, however, is that this is very short term. So this is not people putting money away and investing it for 20 years, 15 years, etc. in long term, um, high interest gathering, saving or investment platforms. They are short term save it today, use it next week kind of environment that they're in. And so really the job to be done here is to make sure that we can start to find that balance between the short-term priorities for saving versus longer-term things like retirement, education, etc., that will, will in the long-term benefit customers. Just to reiterate that number so you kind of keep it in your head, 61% of Ghanaians tapping into their savings every single month to make ends meet. And when we look specifically at retirement, 
That was the head of knowledge and insights at Old Mutual, Wiyukazi Mabude, highlighting the report in Accra. Now on the interbank foreign market exchange where banks trade among themselves, the dollar gained a peswa and a selling at 11 cities, 58 peswas. The British pound lost two peswas and is selling at 14 cities, 43 peswas. The euro lost six peswas and is selling at 12 cities, 59 peswas. However, at some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling at 12 cities 20 pesos while the British pound could be sold to you at 14 cities 70 pesos and the euro is going for 12 cities 70 pesos. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanati of Databank for the latest updates on the bonds market. The Ghanaian secondary bond market was lively in the early sessions of this week as investors exchanged a total of 400.6 million Ghana cities across various maturities. Investor focus remained strong across the shorter dated bonds which accounted for more than 50% of the total trades recorded. At the close of market session on Tuesday, the Data Bank Bond Index retreated to 66.98 points, increasing the average yield to maturity to 17.8%. At Friday's Treasury Bill Office, the government plans to issue 3.6 billion Ghana cities to refinance estimated maturities worth 3.3 billion Ghana cities. The 91-day yield currently quoted at 29.74%, with the 364 at 33.45%. You heard Mark Jordan Sikanate of Databank with the latest update on the bonds market. And that's it for the breakfast edition of the City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Coil, Access Bank and Old Mutual. I am Nashika Siza. Many thanks for spending your time with me. Do have a great business day. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Quarter past seven. I like today's date. Today's 23, 11, 23. Yeah, incredible stuff. Numbers, yeah. 23rd, 11. But 2023 is a beautiful number. <laughs> What's the big story in sports today? Uh, so, the big story, yeah, I think the Black Stars are still dominating. And uh, what is the next round of? So, then they will assemble again for the AFCON in January, Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire. Yes. And then after that, they will go back to World Cup qualifiers. Exactly. So, the World Cup qualifiers will return in June. And will they take, the FA keep Chris Hilton? I think the FA, they have to keep him. I don't think sacking him now is the best way to go. Because I'm looking at the limited time we have to prepare, prepare. for the AFCON. Yeah, I mean, let maybe, him go maybe, to the AFCON. Maybe he will, he will surprise us at AFCON. Exactly. Let him go and let's see how he'll fare with the team. Okay. Yeah. Kickoff is brought to us by Lesheho in partnership with Petra. We have great news for all tier 3 scheme members. You need a loan for immediate expense like school fees, rent, project completion or any other agent financial needs safeguard your investment take a pension back loan at a very low interest rate with a convenient application process and flexible terms of payment on your way to achieving your dreams call 0577-699-923 learn more about easy loans or visit loans.petraonline.com if you own a car there's only one sound you fall in love with every time the sound of a healthy engine that's why shell fuels Dana flex tech designed to keep your engine clean and protected for efficient running and healthy sound visit your favorite shell station today get fuels because every car loves shell fuels for better journeys
Gabby, take it up. All right, thank you, uh, Bernard, and uh, Thursday morning, welcome to kickoff. Uh, Gabby Ophelia, many thanks for joining me for the very latest year in the world of sports. Coming up, the Premier League returns this weekend is March week 13. Manchester City v Liverpool headlines this weekend matches. Also, we'll get to hear from a former uh, Black Stars player on what the national team has do right ahead of the AFCON in Cote d'Ivoire. Mediamar Sporting Club are the way in, in Egypt. They take on Al Ali and Saturday in the CAF Champions League. All of that plaza. Some tennis news right here on City 97.3. Alright, so we start with uh, the senior national team and uh, former Black Stars player Abukari Domba has questioned Hilton's decision to hunt uh, a starting bird to skip Andrea Yu, who was later yanged off at the start of the second half against Comoros in the 2026 FIFA World Cup qualifiers. Now, the 33 year old that recently joined Le Havre in the French League after being unattached since leaving Nottingham Forest in the Premier League and uh, last season, according to Domba, individualism in the Black Stars squad supersedes teamwork. And that must be addressed. Well, the question I'll ask here is, is it about Andre Ayu or it's about what he brings onto the table? We all know the kind of uh, motivation that Andre Ayu brings to the, to the team. Is he still very relevant to the team? Rules and responsibilities assigned him. And these are all things that we have to look at. What does the coach look at? What is it that Andre brings to the table, particularly for the Black, black Stars at this particular time? So it's not about the individual Andre Ayu for per, per se, but what is it that he brings to the table? Is he still relevant? Since the coach thinks he's still relevant, so be it. What was his, uh, his uh, contribution when he was you know, included in the team? Was it satisfactory? Is it just because we do not win the team that we have to zero it down to individuals? Or we are looking at the collectivity of the team? I think we should go beyond individualism and look at the collective performance of the whole team. But for me, I think that uh, Andre Ayu um, has paid his dues. He has been around all this while. He has been a very influential figure so far as the game and the team is concerned. So let us put things in perspective. I think let's look at it holistically and not zero it down to individualism. All right, and so the next assignment for the senior national team uh, is the upcoming tournament uh, in Cote d'Ivoire. That's the AFCON. The competition kicks off on January 14. The Black Stars are in Group B with uh, Egypt, who uh, won the tournament for seven times. And uh, they are also in that group with uh, Cape Verde and uh, Mozambique. Now, what are Ghana's chances at the competition here? It's a book on what we must do right before the tournament kicks off. Well, I must say we have some time for these players as individuals in their various clubs. But it doesn't reflect the time that we have for the national team black stars. So all that we need we need here is, are the players active in their various teams? Are they performing week in, week out in their various teams? Are they game fit? These are the things we should be looking at. So if they are game fit and they are playing game in, game out on a weekly basis in their various clubs, of course, then they'll be ready to perform for the national team when the opportunities are, uh, is given them. So for me... It's about the individual players and how they perform in their various clubs. If they are active, I don't think bringing them together and putting them in their rightful positions, assign them roles and responsibilities, it will, too much, it will be too much for them to do. So the monitoring and liaison with the various clubs, I believe the coaches and the technical team will do. And when we get them together, when they are fit, physically, technically, tactically, then it will be easier for the coach. So I only hope that um, every game is approached. So when the time um, is due, we'll then see what the coach is able to do. 
All right, and so the Black Stars' uh, first game is against Kevadi on uh, January 14 before facing Egypt four days later on January 18. And then the final group game is against Mozambique on January 2022. So that's a former Black Stars goalkeeper, Abukari Damba, speaking to uh, City Sports there. Now we head to Egypt because our Medium Sporting Club have uh, arrived in Cairo for uh, their big game against Al Holly on the, in the CAF Champions League. The Moven Yellow left the country yesterday nicely suited up in their all violet and white sneakers. Among them, the notable players making a trip to uh, Cairo is our Black Star trial, Jonathan Sowa Fatawamidu and uh, Nuruddin Abdullahi. These players are part of the squad for Ghana's qualifying matches against uh, Madagascar. And uh, Comoros now director of uh, communication for Mediama Sporting Club, Patrick Akoto, offers insight into activities uh, since their arrival ahead of the big game on Saturday. Arrived in Cairo at 9 p.m. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, very safely, and went through immigration formalities without difficulties. We were met on arrival by two officials of Elali, driven smoothly to our hotel at the Redescent Blue, and we, the boys went straight to dinner, retired to their rooms, and this morning are having their breakfast. Uh, we will hold our first training session 8 p.m. Egyptian time, which is 6 p.m. Ghana time today, as we prepare for this epic and mammoth clash against the most successful club in Africa and the record holders of the CAF Champions League, El Ali. We are very, very well primed. Confidence in the team has skyrocketed. The team is in really good shape as we attempt to, to do the unthinkable against the African giants. All right, so there's a uh, uh, Media Mass Sporting Club, uh, Communications Director Patrick Akoto speaking. Then uh, some bits of uh, breaking news coming in uh, regards to the Ghana Premier League. And uh, Bofakwatano have just announced that they have parted ways with uh, uh, first team head coach uh, Stephen Frimpong Manson. Uh, Tano, over the week, have been in the news for the bad reasons after attacking uh, head coach Maxwell, former data head coach for Swatchman, Maxwell Kunedu. And according to the statement, uh, the club has uh, mutually parted ways with our first-team head coach Stephen from Pomanson and assistant coach Mr. Isaac Kofisafo, and that uh, the decision was made in the utmost uh, interest of the club. So we'll see who takes charge of uh, the head coach duties at uh, Bofakwa Tano. Now, away from that, we've got just a uh, few months and some weeks to the commencement of the 13th African Games, which will be hosted here in Ghana. Uh, the local organizing committee for the games have come out to deny reports claiming the 2024 event set to be hosted here in Ghana has been postponed indefinitely. Now, except for the statement say that they are reassuring Ghanaians, Africans and the entire world that government of Ghana remains committed to organizing and hosting the African Games. And they are striving hard to organize one of the best African Games in the history of the tournament. We know the Botteman Sports Complex, the University of Ghana, are the two facilities yet to be completed uh, to host the game. So we'll see. Uh, how different now let's head to the english premier league now all right so the premier league is back but we get to the camp of arsenal and that uh, aaron ramsdale is in line for a return to arsenal's premier league starting uh, lineup on saturday with uh, david raya ineligible to face his parent club brentford raya started every premier league game and the champions league uh, for the Ghana in september International break, he's in Ramsdale as Arsenal's number one goalkeeper in the process. Now, we stay with the Premier League and uh, clubs have also voted against a temporary ban on loan deals between associated clubs for the January transfer window. 
We know 13 Premier League teams voted to stop England's top-flight clubs for making related party loan deals, with seven voting to keep the existing rules in place. Yes, Sky Sports News is Kavi Solico with more. The Premier League had their regular shareholders meeting. And one of the big issues on the agenda was this whole issue of whether clubs who are part of a bigger group of clubs uh, should be allowed to loan players during a transfer window from another club. Now, this is an issue that a lot of people at Premier League clubs are concerned about, and that is why it was proposed today to have a vote to see whether they should have a temporary ban while they formulate a permanent policy. So basically what the temporary ban would have meant is that in January, for instance, Newcastle United, who are owned by the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, 80% of Newcastle they own, uh, would not be able to loan players from other clubs who are majority owned by the Saudi sovereign. All right, so that's our Sky Sports News. It's Kavi Soliko with more. Now, we're still with the games. And on Saturday, 12.30 p.m., uh, uh, yes, uh, so it's early kickoff. Manchester City taking on Liverpool. Uh, Burnley up against West Ham United. Luton take on Crystal Palace. Newcastle up against Chelsea. Nottingham Forest take on Brighton. Uh, Sheffield United v. Bournemouth and then Brentford uh, take on Arsenal. So we've got uh, a road show coming up this weekend on Saturday, 3 1. We start with uh, City taking on Liverpool and then Newcastle take on Chelsea. Brentford wrap it up with Arsenal at the Brentford Community Stadium. So that's a big one uh, coming up this weekend at the Blackberry Launch in Tema Community 18. A wrap up with Tennis and Australian Open Chief Craig Tiley says he remains confident Rafa Nadal will be at Melbourne Park in January despite the 37 year old struggles with injuries. The Spaniard has expressed a desire to play one more French Open and represent Spain at the Paris Olympic next year before retiring at the end of the season. So that's the regards to that. That's all the latest for today. For more stories, you can head to City Sports Online. That's coming on X, also on our Twitter, at uh, City Sports GH. We'll be back later at uh, 5 p.m. We call it Sports Flash. Kickoff was probably brought to you by Shell and Le Shell. My name is Gabby Offenger. The rest of your day, do take care of yourself. I'm out. This is the City Breakfast Show. The City's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise.
737. So it's actually a month to Christmas. So exactly a month from today will be Saturday 23rd. Do you have enough money for the Christmas? Okay, does, 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 does Christmas even mean anything to you these days? I think that's the question you should be asking. <laughs> That's the question you should be asking. Does Christmas mean anything to you? I'm asking this because I listened to a presentation on the economy by the old mutual people yesterday. That that program was live on City. And Nathan, it looks like the people have not recovered from from the economic crisis of last year at no, all. No, no, no. They're, they're, like the 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 insights about how people have had to limit what they spend people don't pay their debts mm-hmm. where people get money yeah. to do emergency things it's a very it's a very serious situation with um it's called the old mutual financial services monitor mm-hmm. you know and, and some of the insights for me uh, i think those insights the, the finance ministry people and all of us working on the budget should, should think about this. For example, 64% of working Ghanaians are financially stressed. More so among the lower income earners who earn below 3,000 per month. So if you earn below 3,000 cities per month, you're a low income earner. So those listening, are you a high income earner or low? So if you earn 3,500, you are not a low income earner. But, but I, I, I think the 3,000 is too low. I think... If, if you if you if you think about rent, if you had rent huh. and health and some other things, three thousand per month is okay. But if you have to rent, uh-huh. three thousand is too low. It's, it's just too. I, low. I think now if you don't have even five k to, to to live a comfortable life in Accra, I think anyway. Yeah. But the, the monitor said that low income earners are those who earn below three thousand a month. You can tell me if you agree or not. So they're basically saying that. 64% of Ghanaians are financially stressed, more so amongst the lower income earners, those who earn below 3K a month, and those working in the informal sector. And the other problem that came with the survey was that 55% of the respondents say that they are earning less than pre-2022. That, that's crazy. You know, so they are earning less than they were earning before 2022. How is that even possible? You know, because 2022 came with inflation, came with exchange rate depreciation. So if you are learning, and we're not talking about real income, nominal. All right. So if <laughs> if you said, okay, I'm earning three thousand in 2021, but that three thousand in 2023 money is mm-hmm. less. less. That yes. that means that because of inflation, the real income has come down. But yes. if you say you are earning less, it means that that three k that you were getting is probably now two five. Then if you had inflation to it, it's like thousand. You know, so there's there's something seriously wrong with the with the with the, the economy in, in that sense. And we'll be dealing with that and some other issues very shortly. So stay with us on the show this morning. And um if I have time I will go back as well to the constitutional instrument. I think it was that the Ministry of Road uh, Ministry of uh, um, trade laid, which which yes. So so I have the full <laughs> I, I have the full list of um, 
over 20 items uh-huh. that have been described as strategic products, which the government wants to restrict importation okay. of. Okay. And um, I think you should go to the list for okay. us. Okay, let and me just we'll, do this we'll, we'll, we'll try and see, because to be fair, there, there will be different quotas for different ones. Yes. Yes. But just to think about how the government is thinking. So what are the, the 20 items? One, rice, a.k.a. M.O. Rice, okay. Two, guts, bladders, and stomach of animals, a.k.a. M.O.A. <laughs> Three, poultry. Poultry, okay. A.k.a. Brunia Coco. Okay. Four, animal and vegetable oil. Okay. Five, margarine. Cooking oil. Animal and vegetable oil. Yes. That's what so it says, cooking, yes. Mm-hmm. Five is margarine. Mm-hmm. Six is fruit juices. Mm-hmm. Seven is soft drinks. Mm-hmm. Eight is mineral water. Take your time. Fruit juices is meant for soft drink. Yes. And the mineral water is also different. Yes. Okay. This is importation. Yes. Uh-huh. Noodles and pasta. That's nine. Nine, yes. Uh-huh. Ceramic tiles. Okay. Corrugated paper and paper board. Corrugated paper. What is that? Uh, and I could find know, out for you. Know, those who know, know. Yeah. They, they can also tell us yeah. what a corrugated paper and paperboard is. Mosquito coil and insecticides. Hey, did they make them here now? I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Soaps and detergents. Okay. Motor cars. Vehicles. Yes. Iron and steel. We have good companies that do them mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Cement. We have a lot that do them here. Polymers. That's plastics and plastic products. Uh huh. Fish. Sugar, clothing and apparel, mm-hmm. biscuits, uh-huh. canned tomatoes. You know what I think we should have done? Some should have been outrightly banned and then some should have been restricted. Go through the list again. Rice. But rice, you can't ban. Mm-hmm. We, we, don't, we don't produce, produce enough. enough. So rice, I agree to restrict, but even that, you need to boost production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dear. Try We should ban it. Okay. Poultry. <laughs> poultry, they need to help the farmers. The farmers a lot. Because a lot of them are on their knees. Yes. That's but what the thing with poultry long. is that the feed is expensive. Mm. So you're going to support poultry farmers. You have to. You need to boost production mm-hmm. of maize and soy mm-hmm. and then give yourself a period. We, I don't think you can ban that in the next. Mm-hmm. What you need to do though is to say that we won't take 10 year old chicken from some places. So mm-hmm. you need to qualify what chicken comes in. Okay. All right. So that's number three. Animal and vegetable oil. Already we have some resources I, I on that. I think we have some big companies doing it, depending on the demand. If yeah. we had, I mean, I know these uh, guys, these guys in Wilma. Wilma and Co. So that one, they need to tell us mm. whether they, they, they can produce enough for us. Okay. Um, so margarine, same, same. Ma- I don't, I'm not sure of the margarine situation, so I can't comment. Okay, fruit juice. Restrict it. Okay. Yeah, look, blues, tell Blue Skies and the others to, to produce for a local market too. Because what's the point in, in exporting to Sainsbury's and your people have to import from South Africa? And the ones important is concentrate. I mean, like you, you have in Sawam with all these fruits, find a way of reduce. So restricted, yes, I agree. Okay. What's the next one? Um, you know, what's the one? Pasta. Uh, uh, burn it. Okay. Why do you have people, why do you have to import water from some other country? Yeah. Don't you have enough water producing companies in Ghana? Okay. Ban it. So outside. Ban <laughs> noodles and pasta. That that could be a bit of a challenge. I don't know. I, so I, restrict I, that. You know, there's a convenience with noodles and the way it helps to prepare hot meals. I don't know the situation with the local producers enough to make. Yeah, it likewise, I don't. Yeah. All the big brands are imported, so. Yeah, that's the other thing. Ceramic tiles. That's you know. I, there's I, a there's a there's a a, a big one. 
happening in the western region yeah you know but is it big enough to keep up to to to, to look after our construction sector which is massive and you know the thing eh? one of the reasons why housing is ex- expensive is that the materials to build are imported. imported yes for me i think that we failed in getting local alternative building materials mm. our building sector has in the procurement side we are very foreign influenced mm. so i won't say ban it but i'm saying give yourself a three-year window and say look we are going to encourage the local production of these things because why should you put tiles on a ship from Italy and can't put it in your house and think you are you are civilized? It's not just from Italy, it comes from a lot of places. China, Turkey. Let's let, no this one. Give yourself. So I agree with the restriction. I agree with this one. Okay, corrugated paper and paperboard. We are still waiting for Nathan Google. What no, when is. you listen to Otinjesi on paper, Otinjesi said we okay, have. Okay, somebody is t- teaching us what no, Otinjesi said is. there was a whole plan to produce paper in Ghana. Where you grow trees to a certain stage and then you use the the trees to produce the paper he said we we sort of messed up the timing and then we just use the uh, okay yeah. it's, it's so, cardboard yeah so so the the, the the paper thing if you listen to Otin Jesse well you can get the context i think he spoke a lot about it so okay. i'll come back to that point okay so corrugated paper is the brown cardboard yeah. used in manufacturing cutting boxes okay. It's called corrugated because it has this curly zigzag design like roofing she- like roofing sheets. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, that. If you do like the cross section, you yeah. find uh, the, the, the... Then section. also, mosquito coil and insecticides. You know what's funny? If you go to local media, mosquito coil and insecticide adverts are so rampant. Yes. And I'm but saying, are they made here? Yeah, I'm saying, uh, how... Uh, you know this thing, eh? <clears throat> we, we, are, we are very trade import driven. And because we don't support production... You have big companies that just import the thing and come and label it here and give it a local, local name, name and sell it. But that doesn't create any job. What you want to do is to say, look, people have gone to tech, they've done chemistry, engineering, whatever. Help them to set up an industrial park and produce it here and employ people. Mm. So, me, I agree with the mm. import restriction on that one. Soaps and detergents, I 100%. Agree. Yes. Yeah, I even think you can, okay, you can ban it, but you can restrict it. Mm. Because there are a lot of, when we did that, this is Ghana. I saw a lot of soap well branded. Mm. Some people give me stuff to use in washing machines, mm-hmm. detergents made in Ghana. the soaps and detergents that we've Ban it. You can even ban it. Well, yes, we've we've done really It will really. be difficult to ban because of course it gets on import duty from there for a while. But I think that the restriction makes sense. Mm. What's the next one? Motocars. That's a tricky one. You know why? We've set up this auto industry and we want the companies to do well. Yes. So restrict it. Yes, but the, co- the question is can we afford it yes so they have to find the pricing you know yeah. almost all the things you're talking about you know the most important thing pricing. Like finance mm-hmm. because if your interest finance. rate is 30 percent okay if you are going to set up the factory with Ghanaian money 30 percent doesn't make sense if you are going to buy the product on loan you go to your best bank 30 percent doesn't make sense so so you can buy so if you don't reduce that 30 percent to eight percent Think about it. Our cocoa syndicated loan, the eight percent interest rate is the highest since '92. Since I became educated, I don't think the Ghanaian policy rate has gotten to eight percent before. Mm. See how difficult it is. So globally, the dollar rate, eight percent is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Here in Ghana, we've never had a single-digit interest rate, which is why all these things is difficult to produce here. Because who's going to give you the money? Mm. If if I'm going to set up a factory. Which bank will give me money at thirty percent to set up? What will you sell in Ghana, Ghana that will sell bank. enough for you to pay thirty percent per annum? Mm. That's why only Chinese, Lebanese, 
Mexican and all these people are setting up companies because their banks will give them better rates. Better rates, yeah. Our banks, they see a lot of things, but they, we are not able to pay the loans. Mm. What's the next one? C- cement. Burn it. Okay. We have enough. Okay. Uh, then polymers, that's plastics and plastic products. Burn it for environmental, burn it for local strategic regions, burn it forever. Amen. Burn it and t- throw away the key. <laughs> Fish. Fish confuses me because we bought a lot of fish and the biggest tuna company in ghana directly exposed to the western world and they produce their tuna here somehow i don't understand it well enough yeah so i won't, I won't comment i don't understand the fish well enough sugar commander sugar factory i was at the program last week where the full gospel man spoke about commander sugar factory and i thought it's emblematic of our failed industrial policy <laughs> so you know this mr mahama no, this gentleman is okay. called George Pra. Okay. He, he was basically in tears over Commander Sugar Factory. Okay. Sugar, you need to think through what to do with it. We have mm-hmm. the potential, but it's just not worked. So mm-hmm. I can't say you should ban it. Closing an apparel. Are they talking about foods? Yeah, they have to be. They, are, they have to be. Broad. They have to be they, clear. They, they have to be, they have to be clear. The, the, one of the I met the industry people at the program last two weeks. And they said if they get the support, they can expand. But the tragedy, some of them are asking for free zones and things. This is the thing. Like, they have been set up. There's one called Dignity DTT. Mm. And they're saying yeah, that, that they are free zones thing elapses in a year and that they want it extended. But free zones, you have to export 70% of your products. Mm-hmm. So this is the thinking. If the full tax kicks in, they won't be competitive against the imported ones. Mm-hmm. So they feel like if you extend their free zones, they will then use some of the excess for the local market but they were set up for exports so mm. that whole free zones thing needs to be carefully thought through i don't think free zones is working the way mm. it should work in ghana but that's a different discussion so i'm not sure what to say about this biscuit i see some on the spring text road <laughs> but people people want to eat digestive mm. but, they're, they're, but the local biscuits are not bad though Short bread. i've, eaten, I mean, yes, to, to be really fair, good, I've yeah. seen i've seen some of them produce you can call alternatives Mm. to somewhat so they are locally yeah. made yeah. shortbread alternatives yeah. there's a shortbread alternative the oatmeal to try if the industry can do yes. an analysis of their their supply to meet demand then they can advise mm. if the producers can tell the government that look we can meet 90 percent so it may make sense to do the the restriction you know then the last one can't tomatoes i'm i'm torn i'm, I'm torn i this, for me what we need is a tomato puree factory puree in sense of like you know when you're in the uk or us mm. you get this tomato that is whole tomato in a can which is a bit better this paste thing they do with starch i'm not sure what to say about it so for me i just think they could just consult the industry and the ministry should be targeted what it wants to implement because mm. there are some big repackages here mm. who employ quite a bit of people but i think that for long term we can decide that for healthy reasons we want a different kind of tomato mix the other thing is that tomato growing here, we don't produce the type that is good for the... the, the can't. Yeah, ours can't. is too watery. So the Bokinabe tomato is better. So maybe they need yeah. to talk to Agri Ministry to see what we can do to help grow tomato in the north so that the tomato factories can get the right raw material. So again, that's a bit... A bit... Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say two things. Mm-hmm. So as we were going through this, two things came to mind. One, how we frame policy mm-hmm. and how we don't seem to figure out how the policy will solve our major problems. For example, 1D1F, all these things on that list, if we were truly committed 
to industrialization half that list or half the things on that list could be produced here at least maybe if not at mega scale level to a point i don't see why we are struggling for example to produce biscuit to produce some of these other things on this list so i think about 1d1f and the potential it it held to meet or how do i even say bridge yeah. the gap yeah. and help us go along mm. and eventually get to scale the other thing is rnd and you talk about the tomato so are we saying that one we don't know the kind of tomato we produce are we saying that we can't find out the science it takes to generate the potato that's good enough to be canned mm. so that's where rnd will meet industry you know i listened to alas and andani at the achimota program and it's something he said struck me so andani used to work at the bank uh, barclays and then he worked at Stambik. in fact at SSB, Barclays, and then Stambik. So if if you ask me, top, top five bankers <laughs> yes. I'll ever listen to, and Dan is one of them. He says something very profound. He says, if you go to Indonesia and you say private sector, or you talk about industry, it belongs to Indonesians. If you go to Singapore and say industry belongs to Singaporeans, now this is our yes. problem. He says when you say private sector grew by sixty percent. He says most of that Ghanaians don't benefit because most of the private sector is foreign. Yes. Because their capital is from foreign and their investment after the business is foreign. So they also do repatriate their profit. So he's basically saying even the so-called private sector that we are pushing, whether it's manufacturing or whatever, they are not really for a local. Now, th- this is a, the problem that Ghana has. Your importers, some of them are locals, some of them are foreign. By a lot of your manufacturers, some are local, some are foreign. You can't even decipher. So you can be pursuing industrial policy, presumably to support local production. But that local, you need to put it in quotes. Because it, it, it is local only insofar as he is based in Accra. But he's actually foreign. His capital is not from here. His profits are not here. His orientation is not here. The other group is people set up companies with foreign capital to export to the home country. Mm-hmm. So an American... A businessman can come and set up a factory here to produce whatever. And his primary objective is not to feed you, it's to feed America. All right? That's also part of the private sector. So our industrial policy does not necessarily benefit the, the citizenry. So we have not been able to ensure that producers here actually structure their production in a way that, number one, benefits our employment. Mm-hmm. Number two, does not affect our FX exposure and therefore create macroeconomic instability for us. That's not pushed through inflation, right? Number three, it's not environmentally damaging. So now you have a lot of companies from countries with less than par regulation. Yeah. They bring in a lot of money. They set up factories here and they mistreat Ghanaian workers. They pollute the environment. But because they are allegedly making some profit, we add it to the private sector number. But they're not employing a lot of people. So industrial policy must be well thought through based on what is the nation's objective. What do you want to achieve? Yeah. So I could say one. Let's assume you want full employment. Mm. You say, whatever you do in Ghana, make your processes labor intensive because our biggest problem is unemployment. Profit, no problem. We'll give you subsidized power, but make sure you employ the people who are coming out of school because without unemployment, the society will, without employment, the society will collapse. That's one. You could also say, our focus is macro stability and therefore we're going to restrict FX repatriation. Okay. So for us, whatever you do, whether you get foreign investors or not, 70% of your, your profit must be reinvested. Take it or leave it, you can go. Or you can say, we want to do skills transfer. We want our polytechnic guys to learn your skills. So whatever you do, make sure that our, our workers... There's a, there's a space for polytechnic graduates. Now, when I look at the various 
sector policies. I don't see an overriding industrial agenda. Why? Because you say you do one D one F, which really is a political promise. You've done one sixty something. Then you also say you're doing an auto manufacturing thing. So the whole thing is just bits and bobs. I don't see the overarching objective of our industrial policy. So private sector is talking, everybody's discussing the budget, people remain poor. Because even if people make money, it doesn't come to the ordinary citizens. And this is the equation that we have to crack. The other problem is that when you listen to the rhetoric, yesterday, somebody wants to do 24-hour economy. Somebody says he can't do it. So the real question is, has anybody been researched what 24-hour economy means and what it means for us? No, we don't care. When we are NDC, 24-hour economy will work. When we are MPP, 24-hour economy will not work. So we go, hey, 24-hour economy, wait, 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 wait. That's what we do. So if we don't begin to say, okay, here's a research that Kofi Mensah did at UNKNUST. He's giving you three types of 24 economies. This type will work, this type will not work. This is NDP's policy plan. These are the structures that will be a number 24 policy. That's what we should do. Yeah. But we just won't vote. So we are just saying it will work, it won't work. How does it translate to people's lives being changed? They'll vote and it will remain poor. It's a tragedy. All right? So even this discussion about food and all this thing, if you don't take care, it will become, oh, Guta, don't do the import restriction. Fabak, don't do it. AGI, do it. Don't do it. Man, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, coffee, coffee. Hey, then we are tired. Then we go and drink beer together. Then we continue the next day. Nobody's thinking deeply about structural problems that have made it impossible for our factories to be competitive. How do we employ the, the, the technology so we can compete with the countries that are producing clothes and shoes? We are not interested in that. It's all about who can pay us a kickback or who can come and make noise. It's not going to work, guys. So let's take a breather. Let's look at the list carefully and let's be more reflective in the way we discuss it. In the meantime, we are asking the trade minister to give us an overarching industrial policy so we can all understand and coalesce around it. So that whether it's import restriction, whether it's free power, whatever it is you're doing, we can link it to an overarching strategy. That is what we need. In the meantime, every big dream needs a big push and Absa Bank understands this. That's why... We've teamed up with Mastercard Foundation to bring you the Ready to Work Mastercard Foundation Youth Forum. We'll help shift the thinking of the youth to a new level of consciousness and prepare the youth for future growth opportunities. The Ready to Work Mastercard Foundation Youth Forum will take place Monday, 27 November to Tuesday, 28 November at UPSC Auditorium, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Join us to ignite the future today. The Ready to Work Mastercard Foundation Youth Forum is brought to you by APSA Bank in partnership with Mastercard Foundation with CTFM and CTTV as media partners. Have a whole new brushing experience with the white, uh, the new Pepsodent, Pepsodent charcoal white and herbal toothpaste. Pepsodent herbal is infused with a unique blend of green tea and herbal extracts formulated to repair and protect your gums while giving an all-round cooling sensation. Pepsodent charcoal white is uniquely made with charcoal and lemon essence that restores your teeth's natural whiteness and gives you complete oral protection for you and your family. Pepsodent, every smile matters. And it's raining double, double Black Friday in all Electroland Ghana limited showrooms across the country on Samsung Media, TCL, and NASCO. Television, ACs, refrigerators, washing machines, gas cooker, sound systems, and more. Visit us at Accra on the Ring Road adjacent Paloma Hotel, Industrial Area, Casa John, Spintex, Port, Coca Cola, and about. Medina near Eco Bank, East Legon near Topper Pharmacy, Ashima near Presby Junction, Kasua on the Coca Cola Road. Call 0503-159-739 and let EGL provide you luxury at an affordable price.
Vegas Social Media Trends is next. Brought to you by Vodafone. The eSIM is live. You can now be a Vodafone customer without physical SIM. The stress of carrying multiple phones is over. Dial star 700, star 6. Has on Vodafone to check your phone's compatibility and visit any retail shop to complete the setup. A whopping 5 gig of data and 20 minutes of talk time to all networks is available to you every month for 3 months. That's 15 gig of data and 60 minutes to call all networks at no extra cost. Dial star 700, star 6. Hash. Get yourself a Vodafone eSIM now to get connected to Ghana's network of choice. And FBN Bank is happy to announce their chip promotion. Deposit 500 into your current account. It ends at 5% interest per annum. You can win smart TVs, deposit freezers, air conditioners, gas cookers, soundbars, and more. First draw is December. Terms and conditions apply. FBN Bank, you first. Tech and social media trends. Well, let's get into some uh, trends. Uh, Doomsaw Doom is trending. Yesterday, there was a, a blackout, and I, I experienced it. Lots of people did. Even this morning on my drive to work, I noticed that some parts of Accra did not have electricity. So, it had a lot of people talking on social media. Um, Niagara Falls mm-hmm. is also trending. There was an incident at Niagara Falls yesterday. Of course, that's a border between US and Canada. Mm-hmm. There was an explosion and some people died. So we had wow. several people talking uh, about that yesterday. Hashtag the new force is still trending. People mm-hmm. are still talking about the letter they put out saying that Dr. Sam Ankara had... Um, so we still don't know who the... the we still don't know. The, the Kakamoto beatings. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie, but why do you spend money on a billboard? Charlie, don't know way. Anyway, other things, sporting related trends. Elahli trending. This weekend, mid traveling to Egypt to play exactly in the CAF Champions League. <laughs> you know, and then Manchester United trending, Maguire trending, Luke Shaw also trending. Luke Shaw has returned Is Adongo to trending? Uh, Adongo was trending, but uh, Maguire was also trending. So Adongo and Ma- Maguire trending a few hours ago. To some tech news, we're talking about, you know, local businesses and all of that. Let me give you this one. Now, computer chip maker Broadcom has completed a 55 billion pound acquisition of cloud computing firm VMware, wrapping up one of the biggest takeover deals in the tech sector. Now, the Mm. deal was scrutinized by regulators around the world Mm -hmm. ahead of last clearance from China, and there were concerns it could be affected by U.S.-China tensions. Mm. The approval follows a meeting between Presidents Joe Biden and Xi Jinping at the APEC summit in the U.S. last week. Now, Broadcom is an American company. They are in uh, San Jose, California. They design, develop, and supply semiconductor chips while it also offers infrastructure software solutions. While VMware, uh, VMware sorry, is also an American company in California, they develop virtualization software that allows hmm. a user to run a virtual wow. computer on a physical computer to increase the efficiency of the computer system. So it looks like big things are happening in the mm-hmm. tech space. And mm-hmm. this bit about chips and semiconductors, it's the new big thing. Yes, and there's a please. huge war going on between the US and China over who gets to dominate the production mm. of semiconductors. He who dominates the chip space yeah. dominates tech. I tell you. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise.
I'll tell you more about this uh, CI on import and export restrictions, which has a very interesting preamble for regulating and monitoring the importation of selected strategic products set out in the first schedule. This is according to the document for the economic development of the country. They want to streamline and rationalize the import bill of the country to improve balance of payment and economic stabilization. We also want to provide measures to conserve foreign exchange, safeguard critical imports, and contribute to sustainable consumption. We'll tell you more about this later on. But a couple of quick greetings on the show this morning. To an amazing human being, a dependable partner and a friend, God has been gracious unto you and blessed you with another year in good health. Keep growing and glowing. God is just about to start with you. This is um, from your lovely wife, Makafui, Kyle, Megan, and the entire family to Kenneth Amponsa. Yeah, so that's a message from your wife to you, Kenneth. Also wishing Mrs. Uh, Rosemary Ahogba of Herbalife Ghana a glorious and beautiful happy birthday. Uh, coming in from Harrison Ahogba and the children, Lucky Selom, Jejom, Klenam, and Hallelujah. Happy 59th birthday to Ajua Anoa Amatego. Mommy, your love is a guiding light and your passion is the heartbeat of our family. Love from your children, David, Sarah, and Geraldine. Happy birthday to Ken Amposa. Again, this coming from... Uh, I don't know who sent this, Nathan, but the person says, A.K.A. Apiatha, Chief Risk Officer of UBA. And I think somebody else wished that message. So, mm-hmm. and then my baby boy, the biggest happy sister's birthday to Braden William Echo Anderson, aging grace. May the good Lord grant you long life, good health, and may He direct all your paths from your parents. We love you so much. Well, the Secretary General is 20 years in Ghana, and uh, they are your secure and trusted partner, and they are thanking their loyal customers because they say 20 years would not have been possible without them. Today, we are celebrating 20 years with you. So, Secretary General, the future is you. If you are thinking of a break or a holiday or a getaway, Maha Beach Resort should be your option. They have um, the Joy Promo Package where you get... Um, you know, one night and you get a second night free with dinner on arrival. That goes for 2,250 CDs and the promo ends on the 15th of December. You can also take advantage of their Christmas packages and they are offering you two nights and a third night free with all meals inclusive starting from 5,100 CDs mm-hmm. for a couple. You get to enjoy all the in-house facilities as well. Call 0303-977773 or 0501-570-684 or visit their website maharesort.com or on social media Maha Beach Resort. All right. Now, Lancaster University, Ghana is the only British university campus in West Africa and they are giving you a great education and a British degree at 
a very affordable rate. Apply now and embark on a transformative educational journey that will shape your future. Admissions are currently open for the general intake call them on 030-221-8989 or 020-960-7008 or send them an email admissions at lancaster.edu.gh oh nashika Oh man, As but GCP is saying that when they give you money, don't, don't blow it. it yes. Uh huh, don't blow it. They have the big move yeah. personal loan promo. You can get 400,000 CDs at a significantly reduced interest rate. You can use it to buy a car, sort out your home, pay fees, do all the big things you want to do. Call them on 0800 422 422. T's and C's apply. GCB, your bank for life. <laughs> Education is important, that's why you need to dominate with Dominion University College. You get great character development, but they have a wide array of of programs hnds bas mbas mscs and mphils as well they are at east legon and you can call them on 0201 dare to stand out dare to lead dare to dominate with dominion university college east legon accra now ensure that you never miss a sale from your customers this festive season with the blue pay experience with the blue pay app or pos simply enter your customer's number the amount to be paid and wait for the customer to confirm on the prompt and then they can pay no e-levy charges and all of that uh, whether you need a pos for momo or card payments a ussd code or a payment link for your small or large business blue pay is here to sort you out call or send them a whatsapp message on 054-722-0200 or visit bluepay.com.gh to register and get a pos for your business today all right, so let's talk a bit about this import uh, restriction thing. Mm-hmm. When you look at the document that they submitted to Parliament, as I said, they, they're really li- looking at, um, <coughs> from, from what I see, balance of payment issues. We're spending a lot of dollars importing things, so they want to manage that. There's a committee called the Selected Strategic Products Import Permit Committee, mm-hmm. which comprises a rep from the Ministry of Trade, Ministry of Food and Agriculture, Ministry of Finance, mm-hmm. Ministry of Employment, Ministry of Interior, the Bank of Ghana, Customs, FDA, okay. uh, Ghana International Trade Commission, and then interestingly, AGI, and then Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. So those are the two private sector people on this uh, committee. Now, the committee shall advise the minister on matters related to establishment and utilization of an import management mechanism for these products. So for each of these products, there will be something called an import management mechanism. They will also advise the minister on the issuance and renewal of import permits to importers of these selected products. And then they will implement the regulations in respect of using import data obtained from the customs management system uh, to track and forecast importation, local production, and projected demand of these items. So there's going to be some tracking and forecast of the importation and production of these products using the permitting system to monitor related demand for foreign exchange and import bill and when necessary bridge the significant projected shortfall and price hikes by facilitating the importation of selected strategic products and then to monitor and assess the impact and feedback of the implementation of these <coughs> on consumers they also make recommendations to the minister about these items now they will meet at least once every three months and then they will also disclose their interest before they come onto the committee. Um, 
qualification for an import permit you must be a valid uh, you must have a valid order with a seller and you must have satisfied the requirements for licensing and certification what do all these things mean for industry by the way let's go through the list again quickly before i do my first interview oh, uh, i have the list here nathan go through nathan okay. go through for me okay um rice uh -huh. guts bladders <laughs> and stomach of animals uh -huh. still find that term funny poultry uh -huh. animal and vegetable oil uh -huh. margarine fruit juices soft drink mm. i'm very concerned about those two <laughs> mineral water noodles and pasta mm -hmm. ceramic tiles mm. corrugated paper and paper board mosquito coil and insecticides soaps and detergents motor cars mm -hmm. iron and steel mm -hmm. cement yeah polymers which which are um, plastic and plastic products mm -hmm. fish sugar clothing and apparel biscuits and canned tomatoes 22 items john awuni is the executive chairman of the food and beverages association of ghana also known as fabag mr awuni good morning thanks for joining us hey good morning Bernard. thank you for the opportunity what does fabag think about this idea the ci has been put before parliament 22 products will face import restrictions and import permitting what are your initial thoughts well, my thoughts, Ben Bernard, uh, are going to be on uh, two levels from the business side and then also as a consumer. And then, if I let me say three levels, business side, consumer, and also as a technical person in the field. I've been in the field of rice and general commodities for over 20 years. And I think that if you are going to talk about a few people that have expertise in production of rice and some of these commodities are counted as one of them in the country. So I would begin by saying that I, I see in principle in the economics books, import substitution being a good thing. But that's just in theory. But on the books or on, or on paper, on the ground, I see this particular move of the government as a, a, a shoot in their own foot. They are shooting themselves. It is a very, it's a move that is going to, that is created to create money, corruption, create money for a few people. We cannot come out with a policy like this at a time where food inflation is all time high. We can't come out with a policy like this. When electricity tariffs are adjusted quarterly, thereby increasing the cost of production of local products, you are coming out with a, a policy like this at a time you don't even have a grain of rice in stock, nor do you have a ton of kitchen, local, local chicken in stock, nor a ton of pasta in stock. Technically, Bernard, if you are to come out with a policy like this, it is presumed that you have already done your homework well. And for the grains, let me take for the grains like rice and also take chicken. You should have had rice produced for the past three years and stored. Then the rice will cure. Then you know that it is ready for consumption. And I'm saying cure because most of the grains, peanut, millet, rice, maize, maize, 
most of the grains generally cannot be produced from the farm straight to the table. Because when you take fresh millet and then prepare banku, it is not going to come out well. You take fresh millet and prepare cheese, uh, 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 it will come out well. Prepare cuckoo, it will not come out well. So most of these grains technically, and those people at ministry, Minister of Agric and what are technical people, the scientists, they know what I'm talking about. There is a curing process that is a minimum of six months period for the grains to be stored. Aside from this scientific fact that the grains need to be cured, you also need to also assure your, or ensure that you have some good quantity of this stock, these grains in stock for about three years. Then you know that if there is a shortfall in, in production for the year that you are placing the quotas or the ban, then you can release these stocks to your, consumer, to your, to your, to your, to your citizens so that you, are, you can avert price increases. Now, when I talk about price increases, this thing happened in 2012, 2013. A box of chicken, you can go back and check, Bernard, and you are a man of data, you are an economist, go back and check. In 2012, 2013, if I'm right about the date, I think if I'm not right, but let me remind you that the former president and the John Mahama, they did importation ban on chicken. And there was, they, they also instituted the quota system. At that point in time, a box of chicken was 40 cities for 10 kilos. When the ban came in and then they started issuing quota, it jumped from 40 cities to 70 cities to 80 cities. And to today we are dealing with 360 cities for 10 kilos. And the quantity of chicken leg cutters in that box has reduced from 43 pieces to 20 pieces. So you are dealing with something that you on the ground have not prepared yourself. And that's why I say that it's this something that this system or policy is just being cooked for a few politicians to benefit from mm. that. Yeah, but, but that, that's, a, that's a very serious allegation in the sense that no, you have... A, I am a, a, I'm coming, let me just frame the mm. question. They are basically saying there's... Um, and in fact, even if you use the word impose substitution, the, the word that I see is they, they, they're basically trying to um, manage effects, right? So they're talking about how they're going to um, balance, uh, deal with balance of payment issues and how they're going to safeguard um, sustainable consumption, stabilize the economy, and conserve foreign exchange, which are important macro indicators. Now, they've listed 22 items. You've made a lot of... Let's, let's deal with the ones that you are directly involved in. So food and beverage. You deal with, um, obviously, fruit juices. You deal with soft drinks. You obviously would deal with the food items like rice and poultry. Can you give me evidence to suggest that the proposed management for these imports, because they haven't said they are banning these imports. They're saying that they are going to have a way of monitoring the demand and supply, monitoring the production, and then to make sure that if there are excessive price issues, they will use the permitting system to level that out. So what's the evidence that this is going to be inimical to Ghanaians? Bernard, uh, it, the, the number one, you talk about for managing forex and then all that. We are in this country, Bernard, if you remember last year, they went and met at 
last year at uh, Pedrasi Lodge at a retreat. They came, they announced that the president announced it last year or even last two years, the president announced that beginning uh, in May or so last year, they're not going to give forex support to importers of rice, chicken, and the rest. And so for since then, this policy has since not been reversed. How these importers are getting their forex to import is their own business. So the government has no hand in it. So that question of managing forex, it's not as if the government has been directly supporting them like they've been doing previous times. So this excuse is, or this thing is just something that they are writing, but it is not something that is standard because currently how the importers are getting their goods into the market, the government, how they get forex and then the, to bring their goods into the market is none of the government's business at this point in time. Then number two, I am saying that if you want to have that, then you cannot say that you are restricting the import when you have you don't even have the stocks in your warehouses. Then again, it is not as if the restriction you have never restricted import. You have always restricted import to the extent that some of the products you have over about sixty percent tax on it. If this is not enough restriction to boost your local production, is it to boost your local production? What kind of restriction else do you want? Quota? That gives the reserve for an individual to decide whether you can grant this person permit to bring in or not. With the kind of system that we have, that Bernard, that you give that preserve to a politician, give that preserve to an individual, even though they say they are putting together a committee, but the, the, the same uh, uh, LI they are putting, they say that the committee can advise the ultimate decision is the reserve of the minister or the preserve of the minister. So you are giving that. So the minister can look into your face, Bernard, I don't like you, I don't like your business, and today your business will die because I won't give you permit. Because I like John Awuni, so I can give John Awuni's permit to import. So eventually you are going to create a monopoly, you call it a monopoly. You could create a monopoly. And I'm saying this to say that it is not as if it hasn't happened before. It happened in the drama, in, in the previous administration, John Mahama's era. And go check the data. Look at the prices of uh, chickens for that matter. Even then, let's leave that. You are talking at a time where it's not as if the cost of local production is very, very high. Let me take chicken, for instance, Bernard. A box of imported chicken now, 10 kilos is 366. A box of, uh, if we, we don't even have boxes of the local chicken, but if you put the same 10 kilos together, you are dealing with about 900 to 1,000 cities because a kilo of local chicken is about 100 uh, it's about 100 cities. So 10 kilos is about 1,000 cities. The imported was 360 with almost 60%, 65% tax on it. Then you are dealing with the import, the local one that you have produced right here, and it is about 1,000 cities. How would the ordinary man, the one the politician calls a grassroots person, be able to go and consume the local chicken they are directing the person to go and consume when they haven't worked on the side of the cost of the production? As I speak now, most of the local chicken producers do not have day-old chickens. The day-old chickens that they import, they bring from Holland and then Morocco have become quite scarce. If you want to, if you want to ask any of the local producers, if they want to be honest with them, they will tell you that our major problem in this poultry sector is not about market. 
It has to do with cost of seed and then the how to get the old chickens. Bernard, as a country, you are producing, you are seeking to restrict imports. Yet you don't have even reserves, you don't have anything in your warehouse as to say that this is a backup. In case you, you start this policy in January and then some sickness come and hit all your, about 60% of your poultry, the poultry you are going to produce. What happens to the country? You are talking at a time where the price of goods, Goat has increased from 400 cities, an average size of about 20 kilos, to about 1,000 cities. Now people cannot afford the goat meat to eat. Now they have gone to the intestines, the cow intestines, the stripes, and all those ones. You say you will not allow the ordinary, the poor man to eat that. You are seeking to restrict that. They should go and then eat the goat, eat the, the, main, the main goat. As if, how many goats has the government produced in stock? Or how many cows have they produced in stock? When Niger had their problem, Niger, they had their, their problem. And then there was, there, there, there was restrictions in, in, in like exports from Niger to here. The prices of goods shot up drastically. The prices of animal cows went too high. This is a government that has done nothing on the ground. And I mean nothing on the ground. Let the Minister of Trade tell the Ghanaians how many goats or animals they have in stock that they can pre- pre- present as substitutes for the imported one they are seeking to restrict. How many tons of okay, rice? I'm not they sure. Have I'm not sure there's good in the list, by the way. But no, I'm uh, talking about beef drive. I'm not talking about good. I am talking about good because they are saying that they are, the people cannot afford the, the meat itself, so they are now going to the intestines. So you even say that the intestines is the cheapest, so you don't even allow it to count. But is it, but, but, but is it even healthy? By the way, what is the current arrangement? So are we saying that for these 22 products, to import them, you don't need any form of regulation? There's already regulation, Bernard. There's absolutely regulation for the import regulation. And I'm talking about the regulation, you are an economist. The regulation is the tax, and the tax for these imports have become, have been so high compared to our neighbors. And we have just been talking, we've been talking about... No, no, I, I get that. I'm, 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 okay, I use regulation wrongly. So, so I'm saying that there's no... there's no For the product... There's I no import restrict. Just help me, just relax. I want to understand the mm. issue. If you want to import soft drinks to Ghana or fruit juice to Ghana, you just need to have a registered company. You don't need any import license. You don't need any import permit, right? I don't, I don't think so. So if this CI goes through... Your view is that it's going to now leave it to the discretion of the minister to decide who to get the permit or not, and it doesn't even depend. Wait, hold on, it doesn't depend on the scale of import. No, it, it doesn't depend on the scale of import. If you want to import one ton, you have to go to the minister. If you want to import two tons, you have to go to the minister. If you want to import thousand tons, you go to the minister. That is what I've read the document completely. The committee will vet it, send it back to the minister. The minister will decide whether he wants he will approve it or he will not approve it. And I'm saying that history is about to repeat itself because in 2001, we did that. It's not as if something, this is just new. We did that, and I was part of the committee called Kodeskwashiga put together. In 2001, I was part of that team for us to restrict rice imports and increase rice production. We did a whole lot of work. At the end of the day, the problem, that is the time that Finetrate came out with the rice, Yemo, Ghana rice. 
and we've begun packaging. And there has never been a time that local rice has been boosted and, and, and so much support in terms of marketing than that time. What eventually? But, sorry, I'm looking at that, I'm looking at the vetting of the import permits process, and there, there appears uh, to be a criteria. If you go to twelve three, in making mm-hmm. the recommendation under sub regulation two, the mm-hmm. import permit committee shall take cognizance of the nationwide production of the selected strategic product and sufficiency for local consumption, and then in granting of an import permit as well, there are criteria listed. Does that not? at least cater for some of your concerns about the Bernard. discretion. Because, hold on, apart from the fact mm. that there is a list of about 13 people on the committee, including AGI and GNCCI, there's also a certain criteria that they've put in place for the uh, approval of the import permit. That's, should that not at least give you some comfort? No, 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 no. Bernard. What I'm saying is that I, it, it is something that has ever, that has happened. And it is not something that is new. I have lived through this and have seen it. And we have experienced it. The Bible says that, that which we have seen, we have touched, we pass on to you. So I have seen, I have touched, I have experienced it, I have encountered it, I am passing it out. That they did the same system, the same committee. It is not like one person was deciding the same thing all over. Minister of Trade, they put all those two together. But at the end of the day, it is the discretion of only one person. And that discretion of that one person makes the person become so wealthy at the expense of the ordinary consumer. So you think this will will breed corruption? It has bred corruption before, Bernard. It has bred corruption before. And the people that are listening, they know. They know the truth. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Food. But let's veer away from food. If I look so at the it list, it's not good for the. Car. It is not good for the. Car. I will look at. No, no. Oh, I, I get you. I just want to ask a few points. So, for example, cement. We have a lot of cement producing companies who can cement meet can our that. demand. Should we be importing cement? So, at least no. for something like so. So, if you look on the list of twenty-two, beyond some of the food and beverages, you can say that. It it, it it may I mean look at iron and steel. No, no, a I lot would, of strong steel producing companies in Ghana who are doing very well. Bernard, should, should we I would support something this? like tiles. I would support something like tiles. I will support tiles. I will support cement. I will support uh, I think the iron sheet. I am not looking directly on the list now because of, um, the right on, on the non food side. There's clothing and apparel. There's plastics and plastic products. I would not there's... support the clothing apparel. What about plastics and plastic products? We all grew up wearing uh, the full suits and all whatever shit. We all grew up wearing that before. So, we so should our children still continue wearing it because we all grew up wearing it? Not. It is all about affordability. It's all about affordability. Not our children should continue. My children will not continue. Your children may not continue, but my driver's children may continue. My house girls' uh, children may continue. So at the end of the day, they are doing it for the interests of the nation. The young graduate who has just graduated may not be able to afford a brand new air condition or a brand new uh, 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 fan. He may have or an iron. He may have to buy a used one. That's where we start. And then you are dealing with the levels of poverty of your people. So I'm looking at that and I say that for me, the clothing, I will not support that. The, what, what about, what about me, iron and steel? No, that is fine. Iron and steel, we are we have more than enough at least to input to, to, to do that. What about what about cement? Cement, we have enough. What about soaps and detergents? Soap and detergents, we have about eighty percent because have have factories that are import that that are manufactured. And indeed, uh, there are people locally 
that are even, even like in my house, like we manufacture our own soap and then mm. so, so, soap is fine. What about fine. ceramic tiles? You say you support ceramic tiles. Ceramic, absolutely. We have my, I have recently used tiles and I have all my tiles I have used have been from local ones. So I really don't see why we should keep on bringing that one from China. Does it but matter that does it matter that hold on? Does it matter that the largest two tile producing companies, at least in the Western region, are owned by Chinese? Does that matter to you? Bernard, it is investment. It's not, I think what basically we should be looking at is that is the cost of the production. And I still have major problem with our cost. And that is what I thought the government should have should have dealt with before stepping out to this level. Because throughout the years, what made us to fail? What made us to fail in chicken with all these policies? Chicken, rice, and most of the food stuff is the cost of product. There's no place in this country, except why, that I have not been to, to check. And I remember I was the president of the Ghana Rice Interprofessional Body. I was a vice president initially, became the president for almost eight years. So I have directly dealt with these things. And the major, major, major problem with Ghanaian products is the cost of production. If the products are affordable, like chicken, Bernard, I will never take my money and go and buy imported chicken when I can afford to look at chicken. It is so fresh, so tasty. But I can't afford it at my level, the local chicken on my table every day. So many. So if I cannot afford it, what about those who are below me? That is what the government should be thinking about. To work at so if, if I hear you, if I hear you clearly, you have no problem with the regulations and the permitting around non-food your challenge is the food side i my major challenge is the food side because clearly that will help because we are dealing with the cost of these products are so high we are dealing with a bag of rice about 750 cities when this thing happened bernard you are a man of data write this thing down 750 cities when they pass this li Check the price down one month down and let us have this discussion. I, I saw you rice will go up from 750 to 1,000, 1,200 for a bag. How many ordinary Ghanaians can afford that? And as we speak, I, 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 I repeat that you don't even have the grains in stock. It is just some few. Sometimes I am aware about Zoom Lion Venture into it and then the uh, uh, Zoom Lion Venture into it and then in partnership with some Thailand people. And the Thailand people are not the biggest producers of rice in Thailand. Bernard, in 2004, I brought uh, a company, one of the biggest producers of sugar in the world, and then to set up sugar production in Ghana here. I led them and brought them here, and I did part of that in partnership with, uh, with, with, uh, with uh, my, my father, Kwame Pienim, and then others, and I did that. And we wanted them to produce sugar. Now, these investors, when they came and met with the president, then president, his excellency president, before. They said that they want, before they can invest and produce sugar in the country, they want sugar tariffs to go up. That time it was 20%. They said they wanted it to go up to 33 or 35% before they will invest. And that they were, they were courageous, they were confident enough that they will produce enough for the country and export to the sub region. We did that with Andre Bauridu and the late uh, Akutose and the rest. And this eventually, His Excellency, the government refused that they will not do that. They wanted the the, 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 the investors, they were very much interested in investment, but they wanted them to produce and prove themselves before they help their citizens by raising tariffs. That they will not do that. They should produce about three, four years and let them see their track record and whether they can fulfill their promises before they do that. 
They say investors, the investors refused. They didn't do. They, they left the country. When uh, the uh, His Excellency uh, Atemulus came to power, the same investors came again. I led, led them again. They went to Brazil, visited visited their plants in Brazil. They went to Paris, France, visited and all their plants across the world. And what they were doing, excellent system. But the His Excellency President Atemulus said, "I will not approve it because I wanted." them to prove their tax track record because I'm not going to raise tariffs and help my local consumers when you have not approved your track record. Now we are doing this because I'm aware they are saying Ozun Lyon and other people are in the system and all that. Fine. There's no importer that has a covenant with any foreigner that foreign uh, supplier that are only be selling local imported rice. If the rice is locally is around we are ready to go and buy. The people are ready to go and buy and sell. What they are looking for is their profit. But as we speak now, Bernard, go to the market, go to the Ghanaian market, search all over and see whether you will see local rice. Now, if you don't have local rice, what is the basis of sending that LI to Parliament that you want to restrict import? Have you produced? How much have you produced? How much have you stored? So I'm not so much because I'm not so much worried with the non-food items. I'm worried about the food items that are even leading inflation. And currently, we have high levels of inflation. So why would you seek to shoot the, that in, those prices up again? And I'm speaking this as a consumer and mm. for the population. So you are predicting that populace. this CI, if it goes through, will lead to food inflation, higher food inflation? Absolutely. Unprecedented price. Well, it happened in 2012, 2013. It happened. All right. And it's going to happen again. And people cannot afford this product. And what will happen is that it's the politician and the few people that are managing that will make the money. All right. We'll leave it here. I'm sure the discussion will continue. Thank you, John Awuni, who is the president or chairman of the Food and Beverage Association. Uh, they call them FABAG. He thinks the idea is a bad one. It will lead to corruption. It will enrich on politicians. And it will lead to food inflation because of course he's with the food and beverage association it's quite uh, interesting that he thinks that this is useful for <laughs> cement iron and steel and then things like ceramic tiles so essentially he has no problem the non-food side mm. but he has problem the food side because one thing is clear the capacity has been developed mm. okay so the domestic the capacity of those domestic producers mm-hmm. have been increased significantly now what mm has done what basically has happened is by forcing them to do what they've done they are innovating and they are competing Mm -hmm. and the prices are also competitive at Mm -hmm. least for Ghanaians so the prices are not ridiculously high Mm. for Ghanaians now some people in the in construction so i've seen messages of people who have complained about the quality of tiles mm-hmm. they are buying here mm-hmm. the local ones the local ones there are also concerns of course about yes it's investment here but there is capital question of capital mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the end of the year which might also cause problems because but the two it, largest mm-hmm. wankan and twifford also mm-hmm. are not Ghanaian by origin mm-hmm. even though they invest here they are massive but they're not Ghanaian by origin so I can understand that. So the most important thing is development of capacity. But, but, but think about it. Even though they are not Ghanaian, if you spend, let's assume you are spending 10 million every three months to import um, ceramics, tiles. Yes. yes. That's direct pressure on the city. Yes. If this company has two factories in Takradi and they can even produce 50% of that here. Yes. 
they sell the product in CDs. So when you are going to build your house, you need CDs to buy it. Yeah. So the initial pressure on the dollar goes, goes down. Yeah. If they make a profit of two million and decide to repatriate that, that's an indirect. Yeah. All right. So they will not. Re- so people need to understand the difference between repatriating profits and directly importing Important. things. Because yeah. if you spend 300 million importing something, you're basically looking for dollars now. No, yeah. If a company produces something locally and you buy it in CDs, then you can use certain um, banking system issues to sort of slow down the repatriation. Yes. And even if you say to them, for your first four years, you must reinvest your profits or whatever. So there are different ways of going about it. Yes, which is why I'm saying that the if you listen to Mr. Awuni, mm-hmm. he has no problem with the items where we seem to have developed some kind of uh, capacity and innovation. And Is it not because I he's a food well. guy? I feel like his point about non-food is because he doesn't really care. He's basically saying, I am into food and beverage. And because I know food and beverage, don't restrict the imports. No. But the non-food, he thinks it's okay. No, no, no. I think the general question about capacity is important. Uh Because if you are restricting some Mm -hmm. of these things, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. what is the measure that you are putting in place Mm -hmm. to inject life, Mm -hmm. to improve the sector? The production. Yes. Because it must happen at the same time. You cannot just restrict and leave the other side. You see, and... We, we, Nathan, this morning spoke about something. So, for instance, poultry, I see poultry here. I Num- see guts, bladders. Poultry is number two. Yes. <laughs> I see poultry, guts, bladders, and stomach of animals. <laughs> if we had done the rearing for whatever it rearing is, for food, food, and food, and for food and drops, which is supposed to, it's a five year program, ends this year. Hmm. It, well, it doesn't end this year. It's supposed to be assessed at the yes. end of this year. Hmm. And we are in November. <laughs> in its fifth year, mm-hmm. this is if, if, it had, if the capacity had been developed properly and it had lived to the billing, guts, bladders, and stomach of animals and poultry, perhaps we might have seen some growth um, in that space. Again, he mm-hmm. talks to you about the cost of feed, which you acknowledged this morning mm-hmm. that that w- is the same problem. Cost of feed is the issue, and yeah. then the second one is the cost of the hatchlings itself. Mm-hmm. Because... Which they have to import. They, they, whether, whether I like it or not, you have to import the hatchlings. Why do you have to import the hatchlings? Because that, because that is where you are now. <laughs> so if you develop the capacity, you might not have to. So what we also need to hear is whilst you are doing this, what are you doing alongside it? What Have you spoken to banks? This morning, you were having a very interesting conversation, hypothetically, about the fact that if we are borrowing at... 30%. Which bank is willing to invest in the company to c- produce what? Mm-hmm. That will give it the kind of yeah. revenue yeah. that the bank knows they'll be able to get 30% per annum. So the banks will not even venture. So we. So what are we doing yes. in, in addition to those things, so, so to the import say, restrictions? So for example, people are saying Chinese companies are producing tiles. Which Ghanaian can go into tile production looking at the financial the, the financing conditions in the country? Mm-hmm. So why won't the Chinese come and do it? So and, I, and I told you this the, the other time. Is, so for instance, mm-hmm. you spoke about easy access. I was telling you the other time, look, the Ghanaian fishers who are competing with the state fishers of China, for instance. Mm-hmm. Look, aside the money that the, the fact aside the fact that these companies have massive funds, mm-hmm. they have three million dollars free cash from the state mm. every year. Mm. Three That's million. what the state gives yes. them. Support, support what they are doing. Three million. Take three million every year, and it's not like they even need it. My God, you understand? So <laughs> you look at that as compared to a Ghanaian who one is competing against a company that has that kind of easy access to credit, mm-hmm. plus government support of free cash every year. 
you we cannot we, compete. We don't stand a chance. You cannot compete. So it's it's good that some of these things are but the concerns are also genuine about the corruption Aloski. Let yeah, us not look away. It will be oh, you yeah. see because we have we 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 we, we have not been given enough faith. Mm. Enough evidence to have that kind of faith mm-hmm. in people who have been given that kind of power mm. to exercise that discretion wisely and usefully. <laughs> so are we willing yeah. to put that kind of power in the answer? But we, we really need to do better. It's uh, it's we, an we, interesting we, proposition. We, we want to an- an- announce that the the CIA has not been late, actually. Yes, yesterday they didn't lay it. For some reason, they, they were probably they late too today much or business, tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, I think they were debating, they the, too much business. They were debating the, the, the budget. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I was trying to check the pasta and noodles, right? So mm-hmm. I went to uh, uh, OEC. To find out whether to find we could out. use them here or not. Yeah, so uh, in 2021, mm-hmm. Ghana exported $2 million. Worth well, $3 million. Worth of pasta. In pasta, pasta. Making it the 88th largest exporter of pasta in the world. In the same year, mm-hmm. we imported 60 million. Oh Lord, in pasta, <laughs> we are the 45th largest importer of pasta in the world. You see this gap. That's the balance of payment yeah. problem. <laughs> you see the gap there. So, so in that case, we are expending more dollars yep. to bring in pasta and noodles. At least, just staying with that example alone. So, so the balance is now tilted against us, just on that on on that particular product. You know. Whoever takes over this economy, I pity them. Oh, because there's a lot of challenges. They have to do. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a t- <laughs> let me look at the financing success. I mean, I take, I give you interest rates of eight countries. Mm-hmm. The central bank's main lending rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fair. countries are doing eight, fourteen. Nigeria's nineteen is almost ahead of. Yeah. You so are doing thirty comfortably. Thirty percent. How do you do any business with thirty percent interest? It doesn't make sense. So inflation is coming down, but interest rates are not. Meanwhile, interest rates so are, are more direct impact of whether you can get access to finance or not. I was reading the, the old mutual thing for you. Yes. People are not even going to the financial institutions for mm-hmm. loans. They can't pay. Yeah. People are digging into their savings. And in fact, there was a statistic they said that most people who start their own companies are avoiding debt because they can't pay for it. Mm. You know, so and if you don't deal with that financing situation, you're not going to support local production in any way. Foreigners will take away local production. So even though you restrict imports, your production doesn't solve your problem. Now, when he said, uh, sorry, and Danny said, when I talk about private sector in any of the Asian tigers, I'm talking about something that belongs to and influences the population. He said, when you come to Ghana and say private sector, it doesn't benefit anybody <laughs> in the country. It just benefits the people who own the companies. Mm. And most of them are not even invested here. Yes. And we need to crack that issue. Which is why, you see, ah, then I didn't listen even carefully to Mr. Adani. Now, when we had this conversation on one day, remember I told you mm. that the reason why these things perhaps do not have as much of an impact when they talk is the people who own those things <laughs> don't impact us. Mm. You see, as compared to the so for instance, if you had uh, a Samsung CEO mm-hmm. or a Hyundai CEO mm-hmm. or the CEO of Toyota, talking about things or, in Japan, don't look, you are crashing the economy if yeah. you don't listen. But they are even government supported, government set up. Yeah, you are crashing the economy if you, you don't listen. And that is the kind of impact we do not have at the moment because what's the biggest manufacturing company in Ghana? What do they produce? And I've been asking you this question for two years. You haven't answered me today. You are throwing it at me. <laughs> I, I'm thinking... I, I the s- biggest manufacturing company. That would be tough to answer. Maybe B5 Plus. Yeah, okay. that may be in terms fair, of turnover. Fair. But in terms of share... Size. Size of what they produce. Maybe the Mohinani Group 
maybe. But this, they have a very diverse portfolio. Yeah, but it, it, that's the other problem. We, why don't we know this? Why should? Why, why is this something we should be speculating on? <laughs> Do you understand? For, for a country that's serious, we should know our top ten producers of things. Of, yeah, we the companies are doing many things. Some are importing and producing. Olam is producing some. Mm-hmm. Is importing some. There's a what's it not this guy? The Singapore guys in Tema. Wilma is producing Wilma, some. Yeah. They are doing soap. Unilever is also it's there. Gandor, Nestle is there. Gan- they, mm. Like the whole thing is not there's there isn't and I think we you need to listen to that Danny voice. I heard it on TV on Monday. It says, Look, until what we call private sector benefits us. In terms of employment, in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. skills training, in terms of forex preservation, it's a fake economy. You know, and it's something we need to really think about. And we also need to learn quickly. We need to support our companies, we need to support local champions. And maybe and then Awuni is right. This thing may not necessarily help in the sense that it may just change who controls the imports and not necessarily reduce the imports. Mm-hmm. All right, because I visited somebody whose farm was talking about four thousand. I was discussing with somebody about rice, right? And the person was telling me that okay, this rice farm we visited has four thousand acres of rice, mm-hmm. and it's probably one of the largest. And I was asking. How many acres of rice do we need to produce to feed the whole country? And the person we need about one twenty thousand acres. One twenty thousand acres. So that's thirty times. Four three twelve. Yes. yes. So thirty times. So effectively, yes. that farm needs to grow. Meanwhile, by the farm I went scale to scale of thirty. Farm, or we need farm, to have thirty of those. The farm I went to, we had to drive and be carried around the farm, and I didn't even finish half of the farm. All right. So it means you need to produce a lot of rice, or you need to have thirty a way of, of producing yes, rice. 30 of that regularly on the land in a, on a scale so basically we haven't gotten to real rice production enough mm-hmm. to 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 warrant the import the import ban or import restriction or whatever all right and the other point is that some of the um i gave you an idea last time you didn't agree with me i said <laughs> give, look the, the most cash rich companies in this country are importers yeah give them a target and say i'm going to give you an import permit to import rice but i'm going to ask you to go into farming of rice just that yeah so i'm going to tell olam or whoever is importing financial or whatever company they are that in addition to importing the rice here is land produce rice based on the resources you have and in the next four years reduce your importation by this amount and replace it with your local production Mm -hmm. and enforce it because you need large amount of money and a lot of hard work and the government strategy to get the the, the rice production to improve from the 30,000 hectares or acres to whatever. We are not seeing that because once the guys have a lot of money, the imports are good business, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And the tariff regime is not the best way best to use way. to reduce because of after. You know, let's read some comments on this. Okay, quite a list. few. Um, this one, Ellie Klim from Amra here says, the list of items the government is planning to stop uh, to impose restrictions on is too tall. They should do it only rice. Uh, what happened to the planting for food and jobs? Corrugated paper explanation. Thank you very much. You read that. Quick correction. We need 120 to 150,000 hectares. Forgive me. Okay. Wow. That's much larger. <laughs> hectares. Hectares. Okay. Hectares. Okay. Um, I'm in the construction industry and it will amaze you how inferior the tiles produced here in Ghana are. There are no checks, uh, checks whatsoever. The tiles imported mm. are of high quality and standard. I personally traveled to Istanbul to go and order for my projects and amazingly it was cheaper than what I was getting 
here. Okay. Mm. Hello, Bernard and team. Interesting discussion on the import ban. Mm. I would like to know what's the difference between the restrictions and the outright ban. I think if you listen to the conversation, you should have that uh, distinction by now. Um, good morning, team. Please talk about the source of raw materials for all these items. I think that conversation has also been had. Hmm. I, I agree 100% with Mr. Awini Bernard. Hmm. I'm surprised most people can't see, can't seem to see through this ban or restrictions on the products. <laughs> this is a grand plan for these guys to raise money for the elections. Do you remember 1D1, FPFD, etc.? On paper, Bernard, the idea sounds great, but do you trust our politicians to implement it properly? Kusiakwa is asking from Sakumono. Good morning, Bernard. What class of clothing and apparel are they trying to restrict or ban? We need more education. Thanks, Edmund. That would be also be interesting because yes. you know we know that there's a very massive U.S. lobby on clothing and apparel, mm -hmm. which is why you asked that question of Mr. Awuni, for instance. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of very few countries have been able to resist. Let the, me give you push. some data that will help you. Let me finish the okay. message and give that data. Mm -hmm. Government should look at the consumable rates for the local rice against the foreign. Is it possible to mail the local rice to the foreign level? Atu is asking, Bernard, we're just going around in circles and nothing will happen. The main problem is that the fundamentals are weak, so the concept of import substitution industries will not work in practice in our current state until our perceptions and attitudes about everything else changes. This is coming from Osei, listening to us from Tema. I saw a, a list from the Ministry of Agric. Mm -hmm. I was at a program they did last month. What did they say? They have listed about... 10 products okay interesting and they have given us the 2022 production in thousands of metric tons okay and they have a chart they call base self-sufficiency as we speak and then they have their targeted self-sufficiency for the next five years now let's start with price according to this document <coughs> our production is 1.2 a uh, million metric tons all right and that translates to 46 percent base self-sufficiency that so, so based on what the Minister of Africa is telling me paddy rice we produce 46 percent of what we eat which okay. means we, we don't produce all the rice we need okay soya bean is two fifty-five thousand metric tons at a base self-sufficiency of 90 percent of what we need okay Tomat 90 90 percent okay tomato is four sixty-eight thousand metric tons and the self-sufficiency is 37 percent <laughs> of the tomato we need pepper is 153,000 metric tons self-sufficiency is 39 percent onion is 178,000 metric tons our base of sufficiency is 29 percent now let's talk about poultry poultry is the worst 15,000 metric tons. Guess the base of sufficiency. 5%. 100%. You are right. 5%. <laughs> On this same chart, I see some numbers that are interesting. Maize is about 3.4 million metric tons. And based on this document, the self-sufficiency is 114%. So basically, the ministry is saying we produce more maize than we eat. Okay. Sorghum is 105% mm -hmm. base of sufficiency. Yam is 103%. Cassava is 120%. So for cassava yam maize plantain we're actually producing more more okay if i'm translating base of sufficiency correctly if you look at paddy rice the government is hoping to increase the sufficiency by 2027 200 percent so if the plan that the ministry of agriculture is putting out is to be believed 
in five years time we can produce all the rice we need mm. to eat yeah but today i'm i'm looking forward to something if this does get laid in parliament today mm-hmm. um for, for the ci i'm hoping that mm-hmm. our mps will ask for some proper analysis and mm-hmm. research data mm. on just how ready some of our local manufacturing mm. entities are to step in and close this gap you see because we have a food inflation problem. Let's not yes. run away from it. Mm-hmm. In fact, the food inflation problem of the past two years in this country mm-hmm. has been reported in every major financial newspaper Fred, in the world. Fred, it will be interesting to tell us, get an MP on the committee to tell us whether they support, whether that has been discussed. So if you find us on yes. the Yes, so that's what I'm saying. That so we can speak to Today, um, as we go to Parliament, perhaps yeah. if our, our parli- I'm sure our parliamentarians would have done their homework on this, but Mr. Katie Hammond should provide some proper, and not anecdotal, some proper numbers to numbers that explain that okay if we impose restrictions on this and there is still significant doubt about look this uh but i've just given you i've given you the food target yes i guess and the agreed minister is on the committee yes so i'm saying i'm very sure that this this document i'm reading to you will be part of the conversation so 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 the government is saying that as we speak paddy rice we are producing 46% of what we need. Mm-hmm. So, it will then... But the question, how would they translate that into the import license? Which is why I'm saying that. Yeah. <laughs> because we are producing Hammond, 46%. Part of Katie Hammond's presentation today... Okay, let, let, me, make, let, 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 let me make it interesting for you. Okay. So, they are saying base self-sufficiency is basically saying that we produce 1.2 million metric tons of rice, which is 46%. They are saying by the end of this year, we should be producing... 1.26 instead of 1.22 then by the end of next year 1.7 mm-hmm. and then by the end of 2025 2.08 then 2026 2.5 so they are going to 100% by 2027 mm-hmm. so that so this suggests that maybe between now and next year they will look at the production of rice to determine whether all of these companies that want to import should import the same okay. so if the production numbers are to be followed, mm-hmm. the import numbers will be reducing commensurate to the production numbers. This is me just looking at me using common no problem. sense. So the Minister of Agriculture say, Katie Hammond, I have 2024 election year 1.7 million metric tons of rice. Mm-hmm. That's another 10% increase from last year. Mm-hmm. So you may have to reduce your import by another 10%. Mm-hmm. But the only question comes in: whose import gets reduced? Are we all going to reduce our quota? By ten percent, although say Nathan, your face yeah. looks like you support NDC, <laughs> so, so we'll give you. That's the question and, that I will be asking, and that's why which has not been answered. Those who are also saying that, look, here, here's the thing: the work it and they'll the take it out yeah. of them. Forget this matter of special clearance. Yes. If you are banning ban, no, but you can't. It's not like that. No, I'm saying that people there are those who also allow those people yes. to have those thoughts yes. who are because people are, are not very convinced by this special clearance matter because there are those who believe that you are just going to end up creating monopolies mm-hmm. okay and it is a justifiable concern so katie hammond today also needs to come in and prove how that works and how that does not end up creating monopolies that are self-beneficial but this is the thing this is the thing right anytime you want to develop a local industry you have to have fiscal policies that support the production let me give you an example yes you want people to come and set up automotive 
assembly in Ghana. Mm -hmm. If you don't have any tariffs or taxes on cheap vehicles over 10 years old, nobody's going to set up a VW or Toyota assembly plant in Ghana because there's no point in making it cheap to import these finished products from abroad secondhand and then ask me to come and assemble it in Ghana. I can translate that into the same rice thing. So I suspect, again, I can be wrong. Yes. Zoom Lion claims is going to enter rice. So I say, I get the sense that, oh, very soon, some Thailand people are coming to help us produce a well, lot we of cannot, rice. We cannot do this with very soon. Remember, so the, 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 the impetus to convince the Thai people to come and set up their rice is like, oh, by the way, the government even has a plan to manage the importation of cheap rice. Okay. So if you come and invest a billion dollars in 10 hectares hmm. of rice or whatever the amount is, there's a plan that your rice can be competitive because cheap import will be restricted by this new CI. This is the sense I get. All right. If I'm wrong, somebody should correct me. Nobody's talking to me, so I'm just using common sense here. This is what is happening. So it's like there's some promise of massive investment in local production of rice, mm -hmm. and therefore this CI is going to is going to bring in the um, the comfort for the investor. If I'm wrong, correct me. Now we'll read a few more comments on this, but I really hope I had. Um, a member of you see what we are doing today i hope this happens in parliament yes. there, where there will be a rigorous debate to say look honorable minister why should we agree to this show us the projection for the production of all these things that you claim you want to manage the imports all right because if you don't have local substitutes and you bring in an import restriction we are just going to cause inflation so you are right there has to be data attached to the schedule to say mm. like what i just read to you from the agri ministry they have to have that for all the other products all the other products yes then we'll see how that that you works know, and we are to, uh, the difficulty we are having in getting the mps on the committee to speak is because it hasn't been laid ah, but they, we have it and we are reading it they don't have head. details ah if a journalist can be reading a 24 page ci on the radio are you telling me that mp doesn't have it officially laid they don't have details oh come on even if you have details you can go and say as an mp who believes in this I'm not forcing you to speak to me, but you see, Godfrey, this is what makes things difficult in Ghana. You must already have a research position on how you want imports to be treated. Whether you've seen the CI or not, there are some principles that will guide. I've told you, some people can say, I believe in full employment. So to, insofar as the CI will enable us to have companies that employ, I support. You can't just get up and say, you haven't seen the CI, so you don't have a view on it. By the way, when they give the CI, what's the length of time that the CI will mature before you can even make a comment on it? We don't know. We need to have a way to discuss issues in the public sphere. Transparency. Mm. All right. I am sitting on air. I have the CI uh, draft in front of my inbox. How can MPZ they don't have it? So let me. So there's, there's somebody about? in the rice space. He says, look, this import issue again. So we have a government developed irrigation field of about 3,000 hectares lying bare yeah. with no production at Togome. Yeah. The main problem is that most commercial farmers have leased the land but getting funds use is a problem and he says he's currently doing 50 acres from his own pocket but more land is available so they are not getting funds to produce which is what the point you raised because mm -hmm. he cannot where is he going to get the money from he cannot borrow from the bank at 30 percent obviously yeah. because he won't make that back in a year to pay back the loan mm -hmm. 
it's true it's true so um listeners who are in the business community should help us with their views for specific products um i think the poultry people have been crying since i began doing journalism for a long time yes if we can cry harder the past three years if we can find a way of making their feed cheaper Cheaper. and the hatchlings yeah for for them look I, i was talking to somebody yesterday who said he you know he hasn't where was i yes i was at a program at a hotel and then we were when we finished they were sharing chicken and the guy said he wasn't going to eat and i said well i said oh this bro for cocoa here on pay so he he would rather go to his hometown or go home and eat ghana chicken right so the demand for ghana chicken is not an issue if we give the ghana chicken producers the support most people will prefer Ghana chicken to 10-year-old chicken imported from some country. <laughs> so I think the government knows what to do on chicken. Again, when I come to the Ministry of Agri's own data on their projected demand, and let me just tell you that finally before we take a break. From the schedule I have, we produce 15,000 metric tons of chicken in Ghana, which is just 5%. The Ministry of Agri says by close of this year, it will move from 15,000 to 25,000. They want to move it next year, election year, to 75,000 from the 15, 2025 to 150,000, and then 2026 to 300,000. <laughs> I don't know what, what they are using. And then to 450. This week, I got a call from a chicken uh, poultry <laughs> farmer who said they were having to scale down because they were not able to afford the feed. Mm-hmm. So, Ministry of Agri. I hope beyond these nice numbers you put on this spreadsheet, you are in touch with the poultry farmers in making their feed cheaper. If you can make them get access to feed in a more sustainable and cheap way, then your number that you are hoping to increase from 15 to 75 by end of next year will become a reality. They are claiming that by 2027, they will move the thing to 450,000. I don't know where they are getting those numbers from. And also, there's a Ministry of Food and Agric project known as the Broiler Revitalization Project. Uh And this intends to produce a total of 20 million day-old chicks. Mm -hmm. Now, this will have five phases, with each phase covering a period of one year, Mm -hmm. expected to record the production of 4 million chicks. So, yeah. Uh, this perhaps might deal with the imports of the hatchlings matter that um, we've been um, discussing. Well, we'll see. We'll see. This is There's a lot of uh, things that need to be done. Um, listeners, this is us putting two and two together. We're putting the, the information I'm, I'm bringing to you on the food is from the PFJ phase two. I'm, I happen to MC that event, so I sort of got some numbers from the presentation they did. And I have the draft version of the CI in front of me. Uh, again, this is what we expect. In a functioning democracy, AGI, send out your statement on the CI. Mm-hmm. GNCCI, put out your statement on the CI. Guta, put out your statement on the CI. Your research position on the CI. Ise, what's your position on the CI? Department of Economics, University of Ghana. Who, by the way, have been adjudged the number seven best economics department in Africa? Who? Economics department. Isa. No, economics department. Ah, uh, Prof. Babaji is economics. Yes, department. the first oh, that's nice. six are all in South Africa. So, <laughs> economics department, we want your researched position on 
the CI that wants to restrict strategic products. Let's not leave it to political football. We complain that, oh, media, every day you are putting NDC MPP. AGI, where's your statement on this matter? GNCCI, where's your statement? Chamber of Commerce, where's your statement? Guta, where's your statement? Department of Economics, UCC, Legon. Put out your if if you claim you want to enrich we should get it by money. If you want to enrich public discourse. So that we don't go and call who are the people they call these days to go and talk. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> you see, people make it like, oh, media, they are moving politicians. I've read it between yesterday and today. We've been reading this and we've come up with some reasonable comments. Isa, where is your statement? It takes time, though. It takes it takes what time? Should, it's not just everything I have to go and do field research. Sometimes you can do historical back of the envelope research and put out the preliminary views. So people are people, you see middle class people. I'll hear for you. Hear we, from we, we cannot change our politics if we also don't apply ourselves because this is a document that has come out. We've only to get it. Mm. They've told us the 22 products, they've told us the criteria. You can use that to do analysis if you are serious as a research institution. Oh, they are. Then they should put out their position. So Monday by Monday. Let's get into Monday. I started raising this issue on towards today. Today starts. I started raising this issue on Tuesday. Yeah, so two days. In two days, I got the full document. I've added the Ministry of Agri document to they, this. They have the document. They are working at it. I know my people. People, you see, people. I know my people. I said, give it to my Mandela. society cannot improve if all of us just sit down and quietly wait. I, Bernard, I said by Monday, it will come. <laughs> the positions you are looking for, by Monday, all of them will have positions on the matter. Okay. It's too late. Sometimes the public state of Ghana economy report six months after budget. It's too late. You want to shishishi? We are coming. <laughs> Let's move the team forward. Though. But but the poetry thing bothers me though. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Abe could have a minute. Two minutes. Two minutes. Abe could have two minutes. Yes, you have two minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm reading something from some uh, uh, Joyce Apuera wrote something on yeah. Amena Africa mm-hmm. on poetry. I'm look and I'm reading their numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, and according to the Ghana National Association of Poultry farmers mm-hmm. uh, local hatcheries in Ghana can only I don't know if the numbers are up to date mm-hmm. local hatcheries can only produce 5% of 300,000 metric tons capacity whilst the poultry feed milling capacity in the country is 12% mm-hmm. there exists only one commercial poultry abattoir in Ghana oh. that slaughters 9,000 beds per day oh. the largest commercial chicken farm in Ghana has a capacity of 500,000 beds now broiler production in Ghana is low 15% local production, mm-hmm. 85% supplemented by imports. The poultry, we know the seed top crowd. Which, which is why it's important that we get an understanding from KT and his uh, office. How do we plug that gap if you are doing this? Very important. I have a poultry document that I'll share with you when we come back on the poultry value chain situation. It is, it is an unmitigated disaster. I'm telling you, like, look, the poultry situation is so sad, right? And we import from Netherlands, from Poland, from US, from Belgium and Brazil. High feed costs constitute 67% of the cost of production. This stifles attempts at reviving Ghana's broader bro- broiler industry. Feed cost is driven by maize and soya. So, Godfrey, now listen to this carefully. If your Ministry of Agriculture is claiming that you are doing over 100% maize, and 90% soya. You're so, you're, you, you shouldn't you, have problem with feed. You, you, you see the logic. Yeah. Because you are telling me that you are producing 
um, over 100% of your maize needs. They'll say, oh, it's not yellow maize, it's white maize. You're producing almost 90% of your soy because based on the document I just uh, read for you, your, your, your soya bean production is close to 100%. Yet, your feed cost, which stifles your poultry production, 60 to 70%. Right? And most programs funded by the government and development partners targeting smallholder and uh, farmers do not tackle the cost of high cost of feed. There's also a big issue of dumping. All right, the issue of dumping. So, I think if the import restriction on poultry will prevent dumping, if you can give our poultry farmers lower energy costs, lower feed costs, we can we can have a conversation. So the ball is in your court, Honorable Katie Hammond, Honorable Brandon Champo, and the rest of the guys. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Time check is 925. Uh, we have a couple of interviews to do. I'll be speaking yep. to uh, some people on the uh, jobs and career fair. Before that, a quick announcement from Nathan. Well, jobs and career will come after school. And if you want to go to school, Heritage Christian College is an option you should consider. They are the Masaman behind the Olympic Stadium, accredited by GTEC, affiliated to Kia University. They have a lovely spread of university programs, BBA programs, some BSCs, a BA in theology, some master's programs as well in specialized areas. Call them on 0202-298-399 or 0547-777731. Or visit their website, HCUC. .edu.gh, Heritage Christian College and University Training Compassionate Entrepreneurial Leaders. <clears throat> now, December 24, we'll be locking the city down and we'll be lighting the city up because it's the Situation Outdoor Party 2023. Come and unwind, come and relax. Great food, great music, wonderful sets played out by the DJs and, of course, great performances by the, the, by the Chin Band. Keche, Akwabwa, Oshami Kwame, and Perez Music is happening on the 24th of December 2023 at the La Royal Beach Hotel in Accra. 8 p.m. That's the time, and it's an all white affair if you're wondering what to wear. 0205 973 973. That's the number you should call, or 0558 973 973 to book your tables and book your seats. Situation All White Outdoor Party 2023 inspired by City TV with support from City FM. And City FM is proud to announce that we are part of the 18 stations that are on uh, the DAB trial. You can hear us both in Accra and Kumasi at the same time. Digital audio broadcasting is a sound broadcasting technology that the NCA is testing. You get great sound and wonderful value added services. Take note that DAB uh, can help you listen to City FM simultaneously in Accra and Kumasi. DAB Plus, your radio is going digital. Get standard water, a brand that's been in the country for over 25 years, and experience quality and refreshing water in the sachet, bottle, dispenser, mounted jar form, or customized water for your party. For quality drinking water, insist on standard water. Call 0202 055003 or 0547-334385. It's diamond cement all the way. 42.5 grade cement available on the Ghanaian market for the past 23 years. 
for homeowners, for block makers and numerous construction firms. Diamond Cement EPA Green Rated Cement Brand is what you should insist on. We also have the, 40, the 32.5 hour cement brand helping you to finish your projects in style. Call 0244313368 Diamond Cement Slash. How does a diamond? So we have the Ghana Career and the Migration Fair, I think that's the name of the event, and it's happening with um, three of the officials from the Ghana European Center. I have uh, yeah. Kabute Doku, who's a technical advisor. I have Kweku Yeboa, who's a company manager for Ghana European Center for Jobs, Migration and Development. And I also have Lawrence Simpi, who's a principal labor officer for the labor department, to talk a bit about this event. Uh, which I believe the Ghana European Center is the one organizing. All right, so gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you. So, uh, is it, you are Kweku, right? Yes. So, tell me a bit about the center and how long the center has been doing these job and career fairs. Okay, thank you very much, and a good morning to, mm. to your listeners. Uh, the Ghanaian European Center has been around since 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been uh, providing uh, largely regular migration, reintegration, employment and skills training services to, to, to the youth largely and, and the general public since 2017. The project is funded or commissioned by the German government uh, and we operate under the GIZ Ghana mm -hmm. umbrella. Mm -hmm. uh, we do this in partnership with the Ministry of Employment and Labor Relations. Uh, okay. So our key activity, employment promotion-wise, has been the job fairs, which we've been doing since 2019. Uh, this year, our focus is on uh, regular migration uh, again, uh, but also employment promotion. Mm. Uh, we're having the event on the 29th at the UPSA Auditorium. So any impacts in the past fairs, I guess? Yes, um, we've made some significant impact since 2019. All right. Um, I mean, since 2019, we've had, um, I mean, uh, through our job fairs, about 1,258 people placed into employment, okay. of which 511 of them are females. Mm. Um, on, in, uh, in total, we've had about 16,800 people participating in our job fairs. Mm -hmm. Out of that, 49% are females. And also um, 1,855 job vacancies, and mm -hmm. then uh, 413 exhibitors. Uh, I mean, showcasing their vacancies and other things that they are involved in mm -hmm. at the job fair since 2019. So, what's the focus for this year? What's the theme, and what are we looking at? Okay, for this year, uh, we're exploring local and global opportunities mm -hmm. uh, for people who are looking forward to employment opportunities. Uh, this year, our focus is also largely on regular migration, mm -hmm. uh, which we are doing in conjunction with the European Union. Mm -hmm. uh, the European Union has been a key partner since start of this year uh, and supporting us to promote uh, not, not only local opportunities, but also regional opportunities. I'm talking ECOWAS, I'm talking Intra-Africa, uh, but also uh, transnational, so within the EU. Mm -hmm. uh, here the idea basically is to give 
uh, Ghanaians the opportunity to build their capacity either through education or job placements, uh, whether temporal or permanent, uh, to be able to acquire skills uh, mm -hmm. that will help uh, when they return back to the country. Uh, this could also be in the form of remittances. Uh, mm -hmm. The average Ghanaian working abroad has the burden of remitting. Yeah? So that is the orientation. This year we seek to promote regular migration and to expose patrons of the fair mm -hmm. to opportunities that exist not only in Ghana, but within the ECOWAS sub-region mm -hmm. uh, and largely within the EU as well. I see. So who are some of the dignitaries gracing this year's function? Um, yes, so we have dignitaries from the European Union. Uh, mm -hmm. They are our chief partners. Okay. Uh, we also have dignitaries from the Ministry of Employment and Environmental Relations. The minister will be there. Mm -hmm. Also, our principal partner, uh, the Ministry of Employment and Labor Relations. Um, the Honorable Minister will be present. Mm -hmm. And then um, other uh, important people from all stakeholders from Germany who, I mean, I, I don't know if you are aware, but recently the German government revised uh, their Skilled Immigration Act to create opportunities for people from around the world to assess opportunities in Germany. So we have stakeholders from the German employment services coming down to inform participants about what pertains in Germany, mm. things they have to look out for. Yeah, so who are the targeted participants and what, would, what benefits would they get from coming for this event? Okay, so uh, our target remains uh, job seekers. Mm. Our target remains people who are looking for educational opportunities mm -hmm. uh, across. Our target is also people who are already in industry and mm -hmm. are looking for capacity building opportunities uh, within and also in the EU. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are some of the people whom uh, we've been working with over the years. Uh, we are providing a much more a closer opportunity to interface with partners in this space uh, so you can have direct awareness mm. uh, orientation wise but also direct engagement with employers mm. uh, as i said the labor department is going to be present they've also been working with uh, private employment agencies over the years mm -hmm. and this is also another opportunity to interface with them to appreciate uh, how to get opportunities uh, to work even within the sub-region uh, mm. The department has been working in demand-driven employment opportunities even within Africa. Mm. Uh, quite recently, they mediated a couple of well over getting to 50 Ghanaians into jobs in the Seychelles, uh, mm -hmm. Mauritius, among others. Uh, and this has been a platform that we are creating to also market what mm. they do mm. uh, to, to the teaming youth who are looking for employment opportunities beyond. So, uh, Lawrence, what is the role of the Labor Department in mm. all of this? Okay, so... Uh, the Labor Department essentially um, exists to engage in um, employment promotion. Mm -hmm. We also enforce labor standards mm. and uh, we promote regular, safe, regular and orderly migration. So that is where we come in. Okay. In the migration governance space, mm. we play a major role and what we do is to license private employment agencies give them the mandate to recruit labor for employment outside Ghana. Mm -hmm. So we take them through a process, and by bringing them to this fair, we are actually um, showcasing the licensed ones. Mm -hmm. And it's important to mention that there are agencies that have been licensed to engage in uh, recruitment of labor for employment outside Ghana. So we are mm -hmm. bringing them on board. They are going to showcase employment opportunities that they have secured mm -hmm. and job seekers will have to be there 
and take advantage of these opportunities. So we'll also be there to market our services and mm. to complement what our partners will be doing. So let's talk about the time, date, and the venue, and whether this is uh, opening it to the public or whether there's registration. Um, yes, uh, it's open to the uh, public, uh, students, job seekers. I mean, if you are skilled in any uh, profession that you are looking for opportunities elsewhere, Germany and then the European Union, you are invited. Uh, we have a registration link on our Facebook page, Ghanaian European Center. Just go there and then there's a registration link there for you to register. Um, the event is on the 29th, as already indicated, the 29th of November, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the UAP, uh, UPSC Auditorium. Wonderful. So we're talking about the uh, Ghana Jobs and Careers Fair happening with uh, support from, uh, of course, the Labor Department, but organized by the Ghana European Center. And then, of course, technical advisors uh, working for the center. Kabute Doku is here. Kweku Yeboa is a component manager for that uh, whole... Is it a program or a project? It's a, pro a pro program. Program. Yeah. And then uh, Lauren Simpi is also here, Principal Labor Officer, Department of Labor. So you mentioned that the Labor Department is one of your principal officer, uh, partners. partners yes. Any other partners for this project, program? Uh, yes, uh, we've been working so far also. Uh, I have made mention of the EU. Uh, we work with the AHK, the German Chamber of Commerce. Uh, the European Chamber is also coming on board mm -hmm. uh, to support us on the day. Uh, we are working largely also with educational institutions, among among others. Mm. So, uh, as a key partner of the government of Ghana in the employment promotion, what do you hope to achieve with this fair? What are the centers' own expectations? I mean, um, basically, to sensitize people about uh, the legal pathways for regular migration from Ghana. Uh, we've all been hearing of cases of Ghanaians and African youth dying. Uh, trying to cross the Mediterranean into uh, Southern Europe and then also finding themselves in Germany, UK mm -hmm. and all that, uh, which is not a good thing. So this fair seeks to I mean, let people understand that if you are skilled, I mean, there are opportunities uh, provided you know the requirements and the procedures involved that you can go through mm. in order to take advantage of these regular migration opportunities. Maybe you should tell us a bit more about the center itself, more about the Ghana European Center for mm. Jobs, Migration and Development. What do you do? Uh, the center over the years has been providing uh, employment promotion services. We provide vocational and technical training support for mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters who don't have the benefit of formal education to the extent as we do. Uh, we provide reintegration services for our compatriots who, for one reason or the other, are returning home from Europe and across the world. Mm -hmm. We have mediated uh, quite a very good number of our colleague females from the Gulf countries into mm -hmm. vocational centers. Mm -hmm. uh, we also provide capacity building support for our partners. So we have made mention of the labor department has received tremendous support from the uh, from the from the center, uh, and also sensitization, career guidance, trying to help students in the tertiary and, and second cycle schools into employment decision making uh, and to expose them to mm -hmm. what traditionally would have been the burden of the schools, uh, to, to give them soft skills trainings into, into employment opportunities. This mm -hmm. has been uh, what uh, the center has been about uh, but this year our focus has been much more on regular migration services mm. Mm. Uh, to get Ghanaians to build their capacity 
beyond the country. I mean, uh, in the scheme of things, Ghana is a mm. small country. Our economy is not so huge. Mm. Uh, yet, we are producing a lot of students and graduates who need jobs. And so the opportunity avails to the world, and we are trying to encourage Ghanaians to take advantage of this opportunity, and mm. build their capacity outside, and come back home mm. to come and support. So, Kabuti, how has the center been supporting youth employment and employment promotion in the country? Um, yeah, so since 2017, I think my colleague already mentioned some of them. We've been involved in schools training. Uh, we've trained um, several hundreds of unemployed youth in vocational and technical skills. Um, entrepreneurship startup support is also something that we do. Um, once in a while, we identified uh, we identify young people who have acquired skills but lack the tools and equipment to actually start. We identify them and then we provide them this equipment to uh, go into that. Uh, we are also into uh, career guidance sessions. So we go to universities from UDS to uh, uh, UPSA to University of Health and Allied Science. We've been to all these schools. Out of these, I mean, about 17,000 students benefited from just our career guidance sessions. Mm. And also 6,000 people received um, uh, startup support. So, mm. uh, not to also talk about the uh, reintegration assistance that we give unemployed mm. youth from the Gulf states and also from Germany who come to Ghana mm. in order to make livelihood here back home. Lawrence, any final thoughts from you on mm. the employment sector generally? And whether these kinds of fairs are what we need. If you want to create jobs, I'm thinking, look, build factories. Let people work. There's no need to meet me and tell me to do this. If there's no factory, there's no job, right? Yeah. And the economy is growing from uh, agri sorry, from, from agri to services industry. Mm. This is not happening. So just your general thoughts around how useful these types of engagements are to pro promote quality employment. Well, information is important. Um, I agree with you. We have to create jobs by setting up industries. But then there are jobs. And sometimes job seekers don't know where their jobs are. Mm. And so such platforms provide opportunity for job seekers to know where jobs are and to take advantage of them. So we are bringing the stakeholders together. Um, private employment agencies I mentioned, licensed ones, will mm. exhibit employment opportunities will also be there to exhibit some employment opportunities. So we are providing information to job seekers mm -hmm. to be able to search jobs. And then one of the outcomes will be job matching, where job seekers will be matched to suitable employment opportunities at the end of the day. Thank you, gentlemen. We've been talking to Lawrence Simpi. He's the principal labor officer for labor department. Kabute Doku is the technical advisor for the Ghana European Center. And Kukuyo Boy is the manager, company manager for the Center for Jobs. Migration Development, they have a big, big event. It's happening. Give me the date again. 29th November. So that's just next week. At UPS Thursday. Auditorium. UPS Auditorium is a whole day. Yeah. You are invited. 9 to 4. 9 to 4 p.m. Come and listen. Come and learn. Come and leverage. Come and network. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. And on the same day, actually it's Wednesday, 29th November, there's a big event happening with the great and juganistic Apioko. It's called the Matriarchs vs. Exp 
Hairians. It's actually starting on the Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Starts on Tuesday, the 20th of November at 9 a.m. National Theater. It's an opening ceremony and a student poetry workshop. There's also the experiential poetivism. Hey! <laughs> experiential poetivism, not activism more. Poetivism. Then on the 29th, there is the literary conference and exhibition, poetry workshops. There's a panel discussions, open mic stuff. And on the 30th as well, there's the concert, the poetry concert. Apioko is here. Apioko is a songstress, a poet, and everything. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernard. Good morning. You are the only person who can do red hair and get away with it. <laughs> like Red Riding Hood. Well, the trick is to wear it with confidence. I tell you. <laughs> so, what is the Matriarch's verse doing this November? So, we're scaling up. It's five years, can you believe it, since Already. we started the concert. So, in All 2018, right. mm. I sat down with the co-producer of the Matriarch's verse poetry concert, Frema Dunyame. Yeah, and we yeah. thought, look, let's do something different in poetry. Mm-hmm. Let's give the kind of clout to poetry that you'd have with music or theater invite mm-hmm. people we're nervous because we didn't know people would actually find it interesting but mm-hmm. we did it mm-hmm. at kempinski 2018 and now five years down the line it's no longer just about a pioko and concert mm-hmm. sharing her work mm-hmm. it's about building the ecosystem of the literary arts it's about giving back to the community uh-huh. it's about raising the next generation of writers mm. because look i can't be doing roles and you know jumping on stage forever uh, and okay. neither can any of my contemporaries in mm-hmm. this space. We need to groom the next generation. And then also, mm-hmm. we finally reached a point where people are seeing this as a viable business. Okay. We are brands as poets, writers. Mm. We can generate income. We can contribute our quota to the economy. And the right people are seeing this. And so it's also a way to build capacity for writers, for poets, so they can also see how to run business mm. out of their talent. So from the Matriarch's Verse Poetry Concert that was held on in October 2018, we've now gathered five years of experience and we're moving to the Matriarch's Verse Experience. Exactly. So what are the components of this experience? All right, so it's three days starting mm-hmm. on the 28th. However, on the 27th, I'll mm-hmm. be doing a Poetivism Walk. So it's a you know, whole performance, yes. A from, activism walk. Yes, it's a one-mile walk, My God. performance walk, right from 37 hey. to the financial district, so the National Theatre Enclave. We have it, actually. You are doing a activism walk. Yes, and there, there are reasons why <laughs> we're doing this. Um, one, <laughs> we've been talking a lot about mental health. Uh-huh. Pe- young people are dying from all sorts of lifestyle diseases. Uh-huh. So the walk itself is symbolic of taking care of your health. Mm-hmm. You know, as a young person, as a creative, there's that. Then there are also elements in there that speak to the fact that look, this these days fall smack within what we call the 16 days of activism against sexual and gender-based violence. We're seeing more and more instances where young children are being defiled by mm-hmm. teachers, by parents. It's 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 terrible. I mean, Bernard, you see the news all the all the time. So we're also doing some activism against that. And then, lastly, there's also the angle of using poetry 
to document our experiences. Those mm -hmm. could be social economic experiences. They could be experiences that women face. I mean, it's a medley of things. Mm -hmm. And so we'll do that walk and then there'll be a performance, right? Mm -hmm in the that center you know in the streets wow. at the end of the walk so we're starting on the on the on Monday, the 27th then tuesday yeah so the experience proper tuesday we go to the national theater mm -hmm. and we are hosting students jhs shs tertiary students a lot of students who write at the moment they write as a hobby mm -hmm. they don't see beyond school and mm -hmm. the career opportunity that can come with it. Mm -hmm. So again, building capacity, helping them to find their voice, letting them see, just as you can, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a nurse, you see where the opportunities are and the trajectory you should follow. Mm -hmm. We want to amplify that. Mm -hmm. Then on day two at the British Council, that's for industry. So people who are already writing, who are already performing, mm -hmm. who are already in the artistic space, they come again. A lot of writers write when they are inspired how mm. can you break that mm. and keep writing to keep your your business and your arts growing mm -hmm. how again can you build um, the business out of it and we're partnering with unesco on this don't forget that ghana accra mm -hmm. is the world book capital the unesco world book capital until april 2024 mm -hmm. and so this is very significant getting writers to write and publish mm -hmm. and do it the way that it needs to be done in our space in ghana and africa but then also we've got the GIPC on board, Is the it? Ghana Investment Promotion Center, because finally we're looking at poetry and the literary arts as an investment opportunity for Ghana. Okay. But how can you position yourself mm -hmm. to be a part of that, that story mm -hmm. that literature, poetry has now become a nice opportunity for Ghana to raise economic revenue? How can mm -hmm. you play a part in nation building, basically? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are the other thing, the capacity building, uh, mental health as a creative. How do you prevent yourself from slipping into depression? Because it's a very big thing for so creatives. So these are all workshops? All workshops. And then the, there are the, panels the as well. Panels as well. So we'll have a panel discussion that, for example, e examines the diaspora have come back to Ghana to be creatives. How are they doing it? What are the challenges? We have a panel um, also looking at publishing in Ghana and our unique challenges. It's not, it can't be done the way it's done in the West. We've acknowledged that, but how can you do it? And there are other examples. Mm. And then on the 29th at the Mervyn Pick Ambassador Hotel Accra, uh, 6.30 p.m., then we do the Matriarch's Verse Poetry Concert. So that's me in concert as we've been doing it, but very different. Um, as usual, interesting things will be happening in addition to what you see on stage and how you experience the poetry. Wonderful. Now, that's the... Now, let's get to the Wednesday. So Tuesday, we do these things. Wednesday... What, what's the agenda for, for the, the experience? Okay, so Wednesday, like I mentioned, we'll be at the British Council. Oh, so, yeah. And that's where we have all the industry things happening. With the GIPC exactly. supporting. Exactly. So the investment angle. Precisely, the business angle. Angle of poetry. And, and so that's for people who are practicing, but also people who... So Bernard, someone like you, mm. say you wanted to go deep into writing. Hmm. How do you do that? And how do you make sure that it's not a waste of your time? Because that's a real question. Mm -hmm. That you're just writing and no one is reading or no one is buying your books or attending your shows. How do you make sure that that happens mm -hmm. so there are all those conversations but the concert is on thursday on thursday the, the 30th, 30th of november that's right now what who's featuring on the concert and what should we expect okay so on the concert night we've got ml fosua the freestyle poet she has a very interesting way of performing mm -hmm. uh, we've also got um young poets mm -hmm. as usual we give platform to the young people mm -hmm. we have abiana as well on the bill uh, we have susan august 
wonderful, wonderful, wonderful songwriter, and she has a beautiful vocal dexterity. Mm-hmm. And then we have a surprise act. Right? Oh, wow. We'll unveil the surprise act on Monday. Wow. So I'm not going to mention his name just wow. yet. So it's mm. a he, and he's mm. a musician. Mm. Um, but beyond that, we have, uh, I mean, for example, there are some of the poems that will be amplified, the experience will be amplified with visual art. Mm. So you have a visual artist um, also engaging the audience, mm. amplified with culinary art, hey. what you're eating also defines what you're listening to, Mm. what you're experiencing, what you're drinking, the Mm. cocktails, the mocktails, how they also amplify the the messaging in the poetry. Mm. Um, There's dance. I mean, I will be dancing on stage like I usually do. You know, I do do. contemporary dance. (laughs) So there's all that. There's all that. And I'll do with my band. It is. So So, so let's be clear. The first day is just a workshop. Right. Second day is an economic discussion. That's right. Those are free. Those are free. But the Thursday is the poetry concert. That's right. And that's going for how much? So the VIP tickets, mm. it's 300 cities per head. Mm. And if you want to buy two tickets at once, mm-hmm. then it's 550 cities. So you mm-hmm. get a 50 city discount if you're buying two at once. Mm-hmm. For the standard ticket, that's 200 cities for one. Mm-hmm. And then if you're doing the double, mm-hmm. it's um, 350 cities. So okay. again, 50 cities off. And then if you're a student, mm-hmm. 50 cities for, to come. Yes, we dropped it from 100 cities last year because you know that students are bearing the brunt of this economic situation. So 50 cities. Where can tickets be purchased? Okay, so I mean, you just go, um, there's a, a short code that you can dial. Mm-hmm. Everything is digital. Okay. And we're trying to make sure that we, we keep it that way. All right. So I'll just put out the short code mm. if you don't mind star seven one one star one one star two two hash exactly that's it now when you go there all the options are there star yeah. seven one one star eleven star twenty two hash precisely oh i'm sure there's a number you can call precisely as well. and then if um for one reason or another you are you know you like to come as a group you want a different we want people mm-hmm. to experience a different kind of entertainment mm-hmm. right so if you want to do packages for you and your friends or you and your colleagues at work, then you can call 027-143-0082. And then uh, you can speak to the person on the other end of the line and wow. we'll sort you out. So the Matrix Verse this year is a four-day festival starting with a walk and then a day of discussions and workshops a day of economic deliberation and then the experience itself is the night of poetry 6 30 p.m at the mevin pick ambassador hotel and it's going for 200 single to 350 double there's also a vip ticket a pure in concert that's right that's right bridging the world with verse journalism with verse journalism that's what you call it who are your partners for this okay so we have some key partners i mentioned the gip Ghana investment promotion center Mm -hmm. already unesco and particularly the ghana commission for unesco Mm -hmm. is a partner the poetry association of ghana Mm -hmm. the ghana writers association Mm -hmm. and then ahaspra as well and then we have the british council the national theater the Melvin pick ambassador hotel accra as our venue partners we have the Accra World Book Capital 2023, mm-hmm. Colorcast, our print partners, and Z, who is coordinating the event, because it's too big for me to do by myself now, Bernard. Mm. And then Oxfam as well, especially because we're doing this within the 16 days of activism. They are coming in wow. to take up the, the portions of that. Mm. Um, and then City TV, City FM, and can't City, do it without City you. The City family, Amy Aldebra, and then um, EK, 
graphic designs. Thank you. So it's up your court in poetry concert. Next week, mark your calendars. Thursday is the big day. Before that, the Monday she's doing a poetry. It's because it's protesting. Poetivism. Uh, forgive. <laughs> is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Acra. That's all we have time for for the show today. Um, my name is Bernard. I did the show with Nathan Kwao and Godfrey Akutubua 